Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Five here on this Friday afternoon. I'm Eddie Ergon, the Rock of Talk, AM 1500, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500. We are streaming live on Roku and Amazon and Fire TV. You can catch us on Sister SoundCloud and Spotify and uh, apping us at TV, rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. I've got to take a break, but for the next 45 minutes, you're going to hear the uh, interview with uh, Greg Zanetti, uh, recorded just a little bit earlier this afternoon for our third hour. But you've been hearing the skipping at the top of the hour for the last couple of hours, and i got to figure out what the heck that is. But I think it didn't jam all the way through, thankfully. But I'm also my own engineer here at the radio station, so we're going to take care of that. But uh, you're about to hear an uh, interview here during our 4 o'clock hour. And then D-Dowd and I, uh, the Dowd 3000 and I, will be uh, back for hours uh, 2 and uh, 3. Hours 2 and 3. In fact, I think you can see... Uh, Dad will bring Dad just so, so everybody can know that he's right there. And uh, it is a Mother's Day, so we're going to have a little bit of uh, fun with all that. we got to say hi to Dad's mom and, you know, his sister and all the other stuff. So we're going to do a little bit of that uh, as well. So stay tuned uh, for that. But I've got a pretty powerful interview. I uh, didn't expect it to be something I expected. And you're going to want to wait until the very end, okay, um, for this interview. Because there's something that I talk about that no one has talked about, and it's because nobody knows about it. And it's uh, with Greg, and you want to wait all the way until the very end. We talk about the markets, we talk about some other stuff. It was recorded uh, earlier this afternoon uh, for a third, uh, three, uh, third hour, but, you know, you know, I always try to check out when I possibly can for a third hour and do an interview once in a while, as time permits, and hang out with the kids. And then I'm going to have the kids, by the way, with the, uh, down with the worst movie review of all time. Ooh. They literally stated Doctor Strange is the worst movie that they have ever seen in their life. Okay. They, they literally threw their bucket and the the Coke, the commemorative bucket, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it was that it was that bad. Kids, kids don't hold back, do they? <laughs> uh, these ones don't doubt. They 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 definitely uh, do not. So um this is the way radio goes once in a while um but i gotta tell you i thanks to all of our listeners who text in and say hey eddie something's skipping on there you're taking care of this thing it takes it takes a village no it doesn't it uh, just takes a couple of people who actually care i just that that might be the fr- doubt of all the phrases you hate the most i think that's my most hated one do you have a most hated phrase uh, you uh what's the latest one uh well i don't like buckets uh we're definitely overusing gaslighting that's everywhere now oh yeah attacks yeah. and toxic toxic Everyone's oh yeah 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 toxic yeah, yeah toxic yeah. A narcissist if you're Mm-mm. called a narcissist lately you know, i think that's what everyone likes to refer to me as a narcissist that's i love that that's like my favorite you can't say oh eddie you're gone such a narcissist I'm like what are you talking about you don't know anything about me i'm like the most generous nicest guy when you actually get to know me um, I can tell you about narcissism and uh, the people who do it. All right. So here we go. Uh, Dowd's going to hang out and listen to an interview with Greg Zanetti. And, um, and I did this a little bit earlier this afternoon. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on the satellite. We're going to, uh, take a look at everything and then we'll be back, uh, at the conclusion, uh, of this interview. Thanks everybody for uh, tuning in right here in the Kiva AM 1600 dot com.
606 in the 505 with more 4 and one Here for your third hour, I'm Eddie Erg on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 FM, rockoftalk.com. Little Eye of the uh, Tiger coming in with uh, Brigadier General Greg Zanetti, Zanetti running for uh, the Zanetti Spaghetti. I was like, you know, it gets all you know, tossed up in your mouth, of the course. Zanetti so, Spaghetti fundraisers yeah. have worked very well for us. I'll Did have you really? know. Uh, yeah, oh, people hear. love it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm like, glad to hear. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. I mean, the, the campaign trail has been something else. It, what's kind of interesting is how the issues have changed from when we started. And you know what is creeping up the charts very quickly is inflation. Yeah, uh, not creeping. It's uh, uh, rocketing uh, right. up there. You've been an advertiser on the radio for some time, and uh, people are very familiar with you. This is this is kind of like your home base, your home camp. And uh uh, before we even get started, uh, I just want to start right now by saying uh, you had a, a very interesting campaign. Com- I mean, you can do what you want, do what you want with the campaign commercial, but I got to say, that's, I'm I'm moved. Uh, appreciate you uh, mentioning me in that uh, campaign. It's your right to to certainly do so by the time and and uh, be on here uh, on the radio station. But uh, I'm I'm very compelled by your message and. I kind of, I know you didn't anticipate this, but I kind of like for you to kind of just tell people live right here in the Kiva, you know, uh, your campaign message before they uh, hear it uh, headlong into Monday, because, (laughs) you know, your early voting starts Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Well, it's May 10th. So, okay. That is uh, Tuesday. 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 Early voting starts. A full-fledged 28 days. Yeah. your ad will be uh, starting on Monday. That's going to be exciting, uh, just in time for the uh, uh, early voting and all that. But, uh, you know, just sort of paraphrase, if you will, um, your ask, because you're making an ask of our audience. Right. Which you you, you put your heart, you put your soul, um, you know, you're, you're very uh, methodical uh, and a very cerebral uh, uh, person. And you know, you're, you're a friend of mine. Right. And uh, I... Uh, sometimes well, uh, my wife would argue with you on that, but yeah, <laughs> he's hard headed. Is he? Yeah, cerebral, do you mean hard headed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you've you've had uh, you're you know raised here. Were you born here? I was three months old when we moved here. Okay, so no, okay. I wasn't born here. Where were you my, born? I, let me, I, I did was, ask the question. My dad a... worked for Livermore Labs. Okay, California. So, right. So I was born in Walnut Creek, California, in May, and by uh, early August, we were here. Okay. So this has been my this is my home. Yeah. You know, Alvarado Elementary, Taft Junior High, and okay. Valley High School. Valley yeah. High School, and you married the uh, homecoming queen. I did. My friends think that she is visually handicapped, that she agreed to marry me. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, as long as she doesn't think so, that's exactly. all that matter. Be- beauty's in the eye of the uh, beholder. We've got five candidates uh, uh, to choose from in, in this particular. It's, a, it's an embarrassment of wealth, uh, if you will, uh, of the candidacies, uh, all reflecting some, you know, different angle of how to approach uh, power going forward. One of the things I will say about you is uh, you've been right on a lot of stuff. For the last two and a half years, it is. A I mean, gift this I is uh, is something that you've been right on, and you're you're paid to be right. You're from right. the private sector, right. and you own your own company, and you appeal to the people right here. You've you've received a lot of business right here from the radio station. Absolutely. Okay, and because good people. You met good people. They're all great people. Yeah. I mean, your audience gets it. They talk about things that they don't talk about on other radio stations or they don't talk about in the mainstream media, but they come into the office and they they understand things like derivatives. They understand what's going on in the really big picture with the reset. They understand currency flows. 
your audience is really smart. So yeah. Wait, wait, you're on other radio stations? What? No, no, no. What is this? I was on. Are you yes. cheating on me, Greg? <laughs> yeah, man, I don't I don't have that approach. To Everybody knows that I don't really I care know. about any of that stuff, but I appreciate um you uh sort of imparting what you know about this and other places about where you get your business. Uh your business uh is uh, Zanetti Financial. And, so, it, and it does what? I manage money and have done it for 30 plus years. I follow the markets. I can, follow uh, money well, what, can I, can I uh, sidetrack you away from the governor's race for just a second before sure. we make your ask? What I, I'm looking at this stuff. I'm my, my, my jaw. I had to pick it up before you walked in. I'm looking at it. I, I used to, I call the Amazon. I said, how's the market? Well, I don't know how anything's doing. How's Amazon doing? Right. <laughs> Well, you don't need to know anything else as far as I'm right. concerned, because everyone's at home. They drop it. It's real time. It's the richest person in the world or just about there. And, uh, well, let's just say uh, Amazon and Apple and all these other companies, maybe not doing that well. Amazon has dropped, uh, Greg, from uh, 3700 to right around 2200 Right. Is that uh, reflective of the economy? Yes, it is. It is reflective of Amazon. Eddie, you and I talked about this on your show, I don't know, probably two years ago saying, okay, we get it, Amazon's the future, rah, rah, except they were never making much profit. And so you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the balance sheet and saying, there's a lot of air, you know, underneath this stock that, you know, if suddenly you have a vacuum, this thing's dropping like a stone. And this is what you're seeing now. The earnings never supported the share price. And this was the same in Netflix. I mean, this was across the board. And so Tesla is the same way. And I love Elon Musk, but the earnings, the profits don't support the share price. And now suddenly reality is crashing in. And if one more piece, you and I talked about how few stocks were driving this market forward. The stuff underneath that has been deteriorating for years, the Campbell soups, the Clorox bleach, the Procter's and Gambles of the world, you know, some of these stocks are down 30, 40, 50%, and the market was going up because we only had a few horses hauling this wagon. And now those horses have tired. And this is why we're seeing this. We're seeing the markets rolling over. I'm looking at the, uh, let me, let's just do the one year on Amazon, uh, climbing to a high of 36.99, uh, no, 37.19, and now at 23.03. That's huge. Yeah, that is a, uh, what uh, it's about to dip below the trillion dollar market cap, right? Your thoughts on that as a reflection of the overall market as a whole? It's because people cannot afford to buy as much stuff from Amazon as they used to because prices are going up on the necessities. You've got to pay more for gas, you've got to pay more for food, you've got to pay more for rent, you've got to pay more for health care. That leaves less money that you can spend on Amazon stuff, and so that's that's the big story. And by the way. Credit card debt has soared and savings rates have dropped because people have already dipped into their savings because of the rising prices and people have had to put more on the credit card because of the rising prices. And yes, we're, if we are not already in a recession, we're on the cusp. All right. <clears throat> I called it a lagging indicator exactly. in yesterday's uh, show. I mean, three months hence and right. we're, we're living in the reality right now. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to Netflix, shall we? I didn't okay, know. Should, we talk should, should we tip? Should we tiptoe into to Netflix? Netflix. Uh, <coughs> 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 Keep going. <coughs> Wait, uh, is Netflix one of those uh, companies that we invest in 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 the 
stay in New Mexico. Oh, yes. In a big way, because the future was only sunshine and roses for Netflix. And now, go ahead, give the numbers. All right. Uh, let me go a little bit further back, just to kind of put a finer point on all this. Um, rocket to a high uh, of 691 uh, back in uh, November 15, 2021. That was uh, okay, that's about not that six, long ago. Six, six months ago. Right. Okay. So we're at 691.69, November 17, right. 2021. Because everybody's staying home. We're going to stay home forever. And we're never Net- going to go to a movie again. And we're all going to watch Netflix 24-7. Greg, okay. they have a market cap that is smaller than the New Mexico economy. They're at $80.81 billion. New Mexico is officially bigger than Netflix. And we're lending them money. They're at 181.74. They've lost... 72% in the last six months. Right. My gosh. Well, they were already overvalued, but this is, yes. And what you're seeing is people cutting the streaming services. People are saying, wait, I, I can't afford this stuff anymore. And they're cutting, cutting, cutting. And by the way, I think if you really dig into the books at Netflix, this was one of our concerns from way back. There was a lot of fluff. There was a lot of flim flam. There was a lot of accounting that was done that, artificially elevated the profits of that company and people don't do their homework. They don't look into it and say, there's a lot of rot underneath here. And eventually truth comes out. And this is what we're seeing right now in these stocks. All right. Finally, uh, let's get to something that I think we can all relate to something called the big box or Walmart, right? One place that we were all waiting to open up and, uh, Here's what Walmart looks like, uh, Greg. And this is kind of like the final final part if we want to kind of look at it. They're at 149.62. Okay. And uh, if you look at the one year on Walmart, and th- this is this is sort of, I think more telling to me when I start looking at at everything. 149.62. What were they a year ago? You think? Well, north of 200. Um, I don't know. I'd be I'd pull up the chart, but I I don't know. Walmart is exactly where they were a year ago. Okay. So they give it. There's zero growth. So as a true reflection of the economy, you could look at Amazon, you could look at Netflix, or you could look at Walmart. There's zero growth. Yet we're reporting this massive growth in inflation, massive growth in interest rates now, a half a percentage increase. And New Mexico is still holding steady thinking, well, uh, we're waiting to kind of get swept off our feet like Arizona, like Texas. We missed the boat. Right. Okay. So the foundational problem is this, those three stocks you just looked at, and you're right, they're very reflective of America. Uh, Does Walmart make a product or do they just sell a product? No. Right. All right. How about Netflix? I guess they make some movies, but for the most part, uh, are they growing something? Are they mining something? Or are they making a product that has any durable value long-term? No. Okay. And uh, let's see, the Amazon. Throw, throwaway product is what you'd call it. Right, all right, same thing with Amazon. Amazon and Walmart, you know, very similar. It, it's just moving products. They're trying, uh, that's the number. Right. That, that, that's, that's the word, moving. Right. They can do it better. They can move better than anybody else. Right. And they so, got the best moves on the dance right. floor. And the way these stocks were moving up was those companies were borrowing money at next to nothing because they could, because interest rates were at zero and they had supposedly strong balance sheets. So they borrowed money. They bought their shares back, which shrunk the number of shares available to the public. And so earnings per share, profits per share were rising 
Meanwhile, profits had actually been leveling off overall profits for a long time. And the reason is the economy in the United States, we are not making as much as we should. We are not mining the natural resources we have. We are not drilling for the energy we have. And we are not growing the way that we growing, you know, agriculture stuff, <laughs> cotton, soybeans, the way that we should, because the environmental groups have shut all this down. And so here we are. So the wealth of the nation has been evaporating and we've been substituting that for financial gimmickry. And now that financial gimmickry is ending because rising rates aren't allowing these companies to buy their shares back to give the illusion that they are doing better than what they really are. Let's talk about Robinhood for a second. Why was that the fastest uh, growing stock? Here's a simple reason. What did we do? Well, we basically made things a casino. (laughs) We printed a bunch of money. Sure. And then people didn't know what to do with it. Right. And so everyone's trying to figure out how to cheat the economy. So, okay, you're trying to get to fundamentals, meat and potatoes, and then uh, all of a sudden... We find out the guy who's the financial guy who got it right, the 80-year cycle, all this other stuff is we were right. suddenly telling everybody, well, you know, the sky is truly actually falling. and This isn't right. Chicken Little, and uh, here's what you should have paid attention to. And people now, I'm getting compliments all the time on the things. I'm like, well, I just, you know, I listen to other people and smart, intelligent people like Greg Zanetti, and um, we're about to head off into uh, this gubernatorial race. And uh, I don't right. see many solutions or many opportunities. I do see some fundamentals uh, that are being coached by you in terms of where we can uh, really get some gain, not to compliment Russia or anything, but they're smart to go with the ruble and right. uh, smart to depend upon their natural resource. We have the, right. we're, we're basically Russia. Right, right. And Putin's right. What, two weeks ago, he called the US dollar candy wrappers. He said, you just print them out of thin air. Meanwhile, you want our real product. You want our oil. You want our gas. You want our natural resources. And you've just, for nothing. And so we're not doing this anymore. You will pay for our real goods with either our currency, basically saying the ruble is backed by oil, Mm -hmm. or you can pay with gold. Well, that was a game changer right there. And then he talked about how many grams per gold and so on and so forth. But yes, New Mexico actually looks a little bit like the old Russia. And do we have oil? Yes. Do we have gas? Yes. Do we have lithium? Yes. Lithium for the car batteries. Let's see, we've got potash for fertilizer. And you know this, we're having fertilizer issues globally. If you don't have enough fertilizer, you don't have enough food. And you wonder why food prices will continue to go up. Eddie, this is now structural. Anyway, we've got uranium. We've got copper. We've got four of the 17 rare earth elements and it's all locked up. Well, We've got to unlock it because America needs us. And here's what Putin has done that people don't get. He's trying to change, he is changing the world's currency systems. And so what he's saying is we're moving to commodities-backed currencies here in Russia, in the stands. China is saying they're on board. Iran says we're in. Turkey is starting to say we're in. And you think of that on a map, that's like what three quarters of the Eurasian continent saying, We are standing with commodities-backed currencies versus what you guys in the West are doing, which includes Europe, just typing digits into a keyboard, hitting enter, and saying that that's worth value. It is not worth value, but you are looking for value within running for a governor for the state of New Mexico. And 
how right would we love to our, our governor be on all these things? She's missed on Netflix. Right. She's missed on, well, uh, <coughs> COVID. She's missed on Virgin Galactic. She's missed right. on just about everything. And right. uh, you have the wherewithal to hold her feet to the fire, but it's going to require a little bit of help. So I'm going to allow you to go ahead and make your ask <laughs> before you, well, you know, all the other candidates uh, can all oh, they have to sure. do is pick up the phone and give me a call uh, as well. And I'll put them on the air. I'm, I'm happy to talk to, you know, Ethel or Jay or, you know, anybody else. And they're all nice. You know, Mark. Yeah, yeah, they really are. You know, I, I got to say, you know, uh, it's been a pretty, pretty clean, pretty good campaign, but we got to be, we got to make sure that she's, she's out of there. And, uh, you've, you, you might just be the guy, but you want to make an ask and, uh, plead with our audience yeah. uh, to support you as we embark upon early voting this coming Tuesday. Go ahead. Okay. So here's the background on the ask, and then I'll tell you the ad you're going to, basically the ad you're going to hear next week running on uh, the Kiva. All right. It's a, it's a numbers game. So let's go back four years to the last primary. Uh, for Steve Pierce was running unopposed for governor. 70,000 Republicans voted in the primary in a state of what? 2 million, 70,000 voters, but not much interest because there weren't many people running. Go back eight years previous, and that was the race where Susanna first ran. We had five candidates in the race, very similar to now, and 120,000 New Mexicans voted. All right, knowing that if you get five people in the race and you get 40% of the vote, you probably win. All right, 40% of 100, it's roughly 50,000 votes. So Eddie, where do you get 50,000 votes? Well, your audience alone is very powerful and very strong at the voting booth. Thus, my, bad, my ad basically goes like this. Uh, how many of you out there have ever gotten a survey that says something like this? How did you hear about us? And they've got the little boxes, TV, radio, magazine. And the last box is always the same. It says other. Eddie, do you know what the most checked box is in almost every single one of those surveys? I didn't know it was other. It's other. I didn't know that. And it drives the marketing guys crazy because they know what other means. It's people talking to people. It's people saying, hey, have you heard the Rocket Talk? You know, six... Yeah, 1600 on the AM dial, you know, this kind of thing. Or have you been to this restaurant? Or have you seen the sale they're having over at this store? It's people talking to people. All right. So here's what I'm going to ask. All right. Kiva audience, Rocka talkers, I need to ask for a solid. I, I need you to vote. I need you to go out there with three of your friends and go out and vote for me today because this audience is big enough to sway an election. You have a big enough following here at the Rocket Talk that could that could swing this. So anyway, that's what I'm saying is I want you to get three of your friends. Go out, vote for Zanetti. Vote for him today. I believe you trust me. You've heard me on this radio show for years. You know that I'm not running out of ambition. You know I'm not running for the next job. You know I'm running to help this state. And after you finished voting, <laughs> I want you to go out, have pie and coffee. I don't know, go have an adult beverage and raise your glass and toast to other because it can't be money swinging these things out every time. It's got to be us. So that's the message I'm putting out there. There it is. Greg Zanetti. Let's get into the conversation, shall we? Biggest three issues of the uh, gubernatorial race are 
it is now the border that inflation is is rising really fast because people can't afford to fill their F-150 who's pickup the, trucks. Who's the best candidate to handle that and why? Well, I'm the only candidate who has any experience on borders. <laughs> it's funny, Eddie. Every single gubernatorial candidate says, I'm going to deploy the National Guard to the border. All right, roger that. What units? Platoon size, company, battalion. What's the mission? Uh, how long is it going to go? What's the, uh, how do you know if it's success? How are you going to integrate with Border Patrol, ICE, all those alphabet agencies down there? What's the chain of command? These are all basic questions you would ask. And you look at the other candidates and think, you guys don't have a clue. The other part of this is no one out there believes that the Biden administration is going to pay to have the New Mexico Army National Guard go down there and secure our border. So if they're not going to pay for it, who is? We are. That means it's a state mission. Every dime that goes to pay a soldier standing out in the dirt now isn't going to road schools, bridges, et cetera. You better have a governor who understands both the financial side and the military side. Otherwise, we're going to end up like Texas. And Eddie, you know this. Two weeks ago, Texas relieved its adjutant general of her duties. Anyway, and why? They deployed the National Guard in a knee-jerk manner, and you had a bunch of soldiers standing out in the dirt, not knowing what to do or how to do it, or anyway, sleeping in the dirt on the ground, calling back to their wives saying this, you can finish the sentence, and they've got to start all over. Meanwhile, they were draining their treasury. So am I for deploying the guard? Yes. Do I believe we must spend some money on it? Yes. But we better do it right. Otherwise, we will drain the treasury and we will not secure the border. Thus, vote for Zanetti for governor. I'm the only one who really understands the border like an adult. All right. Education. All right. We know how to Let's fix talk it. about your dad. <laughs> my dad was on the school board in the 1970s here in Albuquerque for two terms. My mom was in APS for in, her entire career. She ended up as the principal at Sandia <clears throat> High School. My sister's a teacher. My wife is a teacher. We're, we're an education family. Your dad was president of? The University of Albuquerque. For how many the, years? Oh, gosh. Four years, five years. Okay. Uh, and uh, so you, you, know, you, you know education. You think you got that. Like, what should we do in education? We'll fix education in three easy steps. Go ahead. Step number one. Eddie, we got to declaw the public education department. This monstrosity didn't used to exist. This was a Bill Richardson invention. This top-down thing dictating the same, what, 123 pages of rules down to every single community, JAL, Lordsburg, Albuquerque, Taos, like they're all the same. None of it makes sense. In the last 20 years that we've had this thing, public education has spiraled down. If you had an employee at the Kiva who did a cruddy job for 20 years, would you keep him or her? Probably not. Yeah, so no. you got to shrink the public education department. Step number two, okay. push the power and authority down to the local level. I mean, it works better when local parents are working with, uh, with the local school boards, local teachers, lo local principals. It works better, closer to the student. And step number three, always follow the money. Always follow the money. Right. The money dictates everything. And uh, speaking of following the money, uh, charter schools and following the money. Will the money... And under your administration, can we achieve it following the student? Yes. And here's how you do it. Because right now the money flow goes like this, Eddie. It starts with the politicians and it's billions of dollars. Then the money flows to bureaucrats. Then the money flows to unions. Then the money flows to administrators. Then it goes to teacher, parent, child. Flip it. You've got to have the money following the student. 12, 14 grand per kid. How do you dispense that? How do you well, get the money? It's got to be done through the parents and through the, I mean, you're not going to give the second grader money and say, 
I want to go to the school that gives me the most candy. Okay, we're not going to do that. But, but how it, does it work? Technically? It's got to go through. It, actually, it's like an educational savings account. So it's not the old fashioned voucher system that's got kind of a bad connotation to it. But the idea is the same. It can only be used for education. Okay. So you can't go out and use it for drugs or, you know, whatever. So it's an a, account that uh, there, I imagine there'd be a pin and go directly exactly. to the schools. Exactly. And then you pay that school based upon what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. And so and if it's trade school, great. Uh, if it's uh, technical school, great. If it's an art school, that's fine. If it's parochial school, private school, homeschool, I don't care. If we already made it free anyway uh, at every right. level here in the state of New Mexico, and I exactly. mean free in the sense of why, why wouldn't we do something like that? It just makes the most sense. Well, yeah, but, but then it cuts out all the power guys in between, all these layers who are feeding off of this system yep. but not contributing at all. I like all. it. I like it. I can see like a, um, you know, like a, a, a debit card or a credit card or Dare I say, like an EBT card that would work for your education? There you go. Well, sure. <laughs> and watch how fast this thing turns. Now, if your school starts teaching CRT, pull the kid. Pull the kid. If the there you, go. you just lost 12, 14 grand to your school, there it is. you'll start to change your mind. And that fast. means true school choice. That's pretty cool. I like right. That. All right, crime. Crime. All right. We all know what we did wrong. We passed a series of laws that made criminals victims and victims criminals. Okay. Let's see. Then we got rid of bail bonds, right? Yep. So now. Basically, it's catch and release, catch and release, catch and release. Let's see. Then we decided we didn't defund the police, but man, we beat the police down and said, we're going to question everything you do. And we've got this very awkward chain of command, certainly an APD, where the police don't even know what to do. Oh, and then we emptied the prisons. Let's see. We used to have, what, 7,600 prisoners? What are we down to? 5,000 and something? We dump them out on the streets and we expect crime to go down. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then we stopped enforcing so-called petty crimes. Eddie, how many times have you been to Walmart or Target now and you see people just loading up a cart and they just walk they just out walk the door? Out. They just walk out. And there's a guard going, uh, yeah. sir, right. uh, ma'am, they yeah. can't do anything. Meanwhile, everybody else is standing in line saying, why am I paying? Exactly. Am I the only idiot who's still doing this the right way? Right. And they don't walk out because people, most people are honest. Right. But it, we know what to do. There have to be like the uniform code of military justice in the army or the, you know, the military, you enforce the rules. There are consequences to unlawful acts. That's kind of step one. And then if you do the crime, you pay the time, you fill the prisons back up with the repeat offenders. Cause you know, this most crime, what 80, 90% is the same guys doing it over and over and over again. All right. You bring the bail bonds thing back. You're going to have to, and then you have to change these rules where we're not rewarding attorneys, which is basically what we're doing here. This is where, the, again, the criminals become the victims and the victims become the criminals here. You know, people don't even know how to, what am I allowed to do in my own house if someone's breaking in? That shouldn't even be a question. Right. And yet it is in this state. It isn't in Texas. In Texas, you shoot somebody in your house. Good yep. job. You know, nice yep. shot. So these are the things we have to do. We all know that we have to do this. And you start, you, you go back to what worked. All right. <clears throat> so I think we touched upon the main education, crime, and then you said border security. Right. Now we got to break it out a little bit further. I know you know about State Investment Council, what we invest uh, in. Right. Uh, tell me very quickly why these state workers, city workers, aren't going to have their pensions when they finish. Uh, besides that there is corruption there, it goes beyond that. The way these things are invested with these set percentages in stocks and bonds when both of these markets are rolling over, 
but we are married to an orthodoxy that says you must be in these percentages of these types of investments and it's mindless. No one is looking at what's going on out there in this world. And Eddie, this is why I didn't have you know dates in high school. It's if interest rates are rising, bond values are following and what rate, where are rates going up? And we've got what, 40, 45% of these retirement funds best invested in bonds down 9% in the first quarter. Now you got a stock market that's rolling over. You've got a huge percentage invested in stocks because, well, that's just the way it is. It's not working. And so you must right now change this mix. We have got to go to investments that can't be printed. And you've heard me say this on your show for the last couple of years now. I told your audience this was coming. And now here it is. You should be investing in food. You got to be investing in commodities. Yes, you should be investing in precious metals. You should be investing in water back to the basics as close as you can get to it as possible because the financially papery stuff is all going to be held suspect. And if you can't trust the value of a paper dollar, how can you trust the value of a paper asset? We have to get to things that are more basic. And not only could we save these pension funds, but they could prosper. We're here with Greg Zanetti gubernatorial candidate uh, for the state of New Mexico. He, uh, you're, I want to talk very quickly just about your background before we move out, because I want to talk a little bit more about money. And we've got about another six minutes uh, very right. quickly. Have you ever worked in the uh, public sector besides uh, serving in the service? You are a private uh, sector citizen who owns your own business, correct? Right. And this is what people say. We need to run government like business. You're right. We do. Well, we, we did. Yeah. Uh, we, when we had Donald Trump, uh, right. that's sort of the way that we ran it. Yeah. And, and, there, and as soon as we had a businessman in there, it was like, oh, we don't like, we right. don't want to run it like a business. No. We want free candy and handout. Right. And no one wants to look at a balance sheet and say there are consequences down the road for what we're doing today. So yes, government must run more like a business. And I'm the only candidate in this race who runs a private business for profit. And so it makes a difference in how you view government finances. And yes, I've had that experience. I've been doing it for decades and I pay the stupid gross receipts tax, just like all the other small business owners out there. And once you start to see how the system works, you realize why we do not have manufacturing in this state. No credible company is gonna look at a gross receipts tax and say, I'm coming to New Mexico so that I can feed the government. But that's how we think. Come here so we can get money off of you. Companies don't fall for that. I want to talk uh, very quickly about, um, well, <clears throat> COVID-19, our oh, response. Geez. Are you, are you vaxxed? No. Um, during COVID-19, did you adhere to the governor's edicts and orders? No. Okay. Do you know that other business, do you have other businesses uh, who did and uh, you advised them on that? And how did you feel about that? Well, I mean, they're free men and women that they can do what they want. Uh, but I was, if you just put out the information, which is what I was, look, stop, you know, th this, anyway, you talked about your show over yep. and over yep. again. We all know what COVID was. It all so. stops when we start saying no. Right. Yeah. It, it, uh, it ends when we all say no. Right. Um, okay. So there will be no more masking, no more vaccine, and uh, any of that stuff. So that's, uh, I think, an important but, thing to know. Let's get to uh, natural resources, oil and gas, minerals, big funder for the state. Uh, tell me how you handle that and tell me about the new opportunities that uh, you've been telling <laughs> everybody about. I mean, you've been yelling it from the mountaintops every time you come into the Kiva. 
Yeah. All right. So yes, immediately you have to cut the rules and regulations. Yes. Here you take a lesson from President Trump. Right. Did Eddie, did he have any support from Congress, even the Republicans in his first two years? No. Nothing. All right. So what did he do? He got his cabinet together every week. And by the way, New Mexico has more cabinet positions than the federal government. We're so top heavy. Anyway, he got his cabinet together every week and he went around the table and said, how many regulations did you cut? How many did you erase this week? And it got to be a competition. Oh, we cut 23. We cut 18. We can only cut 10. It was this kind of thing. And just with regulatory relief, the U.S. economy did a U-turn and started heading back up. Can Governor Zanetti do that with this cabinet? Yes, yes, yes. Next. So you would do that, of course, for the oil and gas industry and, and help these guys. Next, we have to embrace nuclear energy. You and I have talked about small modular nuclear reactors. We were the atomic state. We were the uranium state. All right. A small modular nuclear reactor. It's a nuclear reactor about the size of a McDonald's. It will power 60,000 homes. It will not melt down. This is not your three-mile island technology. This is fifth-generation stuff. All right, what if we paired small modular nuclear reactors with desalination plants because we don't have enough water in this state? And you see what's going on at Lake Mead and Lake Powell, and, and this drought is getting worse. We see the fires that are happening. Mexico is the Saudi Arabia of brackish water. We have billions of acre feet of salty water all across this state. It is everywhere. Why aren't we doing like the Israelis are doing and pumping that stuff up, filtering it and using it in the cities, 30, 40, 50 million gallons a night. If we paired the small modular nuclear reactors with the desal plants during the day, the reactor runs your city at night when we're all sleeping. It's the energy to clean 50 million gallons of water for the next day. New Mexico could be the water state. It could be the energy state. And what would we have? We'd have jobs, not only in the, in the trades, we would need plumbers, electricians, and HVAC for all of that. But we'd also need high-tech jobs. And I want to keep the techie kids too, you know, in, what, in nuclear reactors and high-tech desal. But you don't think that won't be interesting to people? And then you also know we have some of the smartest people in the world in this state. We have a PhDs everywhere in quantum computing, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence. They should stay. We should be the next Silicon Valley because California is blowing it. And you watch what happens to New Mexico. We could go from worst to first. We're with Greg Zanetti. Let's uh, wrap it up on kind of a low note because we've heard a lot of good things from you. And I think we're having a good discussion. But we've had this discussion umpteen times. Uh, we're just hell, uh, having a different because we're about to vote uh, for you for the, for the very first time on Tuesday. And, um, you know, that's that's the ask that you've made of our audience. Other candidates will also come in and make a similar ask. Sure. Um, but I will tell you that uh, you are no doubt well qualified for the position. And it is a job uh, which you are uh, definitely suited for. Unfortunately, the best person doesn't always win. Um, and oftentimes it's a person with the most amount of money, you're a little bit too rational, uh, a little bit uh, too good, but uh, uh, for maybe the, a, a job such as governor. Uh, and I mean that in the most complimentary way possible because we are also talking about a woman who is totally inept. So, oh, wow, just to ask this question just takes a lot out of me, which is if Michelle Lujan Grisham should continue to be governor, what does the state of New Mexico look like in 22? In 24, excuse me, in 24 and 26, um, by, by the time she comes out, what does it look like? And you've been right on just to everything else. Uh, you you know it's a desperate situation I for, do. for the state of New Mexico, but what does it look like? Venezuela. 
you will have a small group of elites at the top and we will have the serfs at the bottom and the elites at the top will be very happy with how this all works and the serfs at the bottom will have lives that are just far worse than what they should be in a state with all of this wealth and with all of these smart people and so it will be a tragedy beyond belief for the state of new mexico if if we end up looking like venezuela but that's how she thinks command and control from top down and if you're looking for the common denominator eddie in everything across this state that's a problem it's government crowding things out I think about it in COVID. She shut down the churches. Wait, that's government crowding out God. Let's see, she shut down the schools. That was government shutting out students, parents, teachers. Let's see, she shut down, oh, the small, medium-sized businesses, the entrepreneurs, ah, oh, but Walmart, Lowe's, and Home Depot got to stay open. That was government crowding out free enterprise. Even in the healthcare area during a so-called pandemic, only one kind of medicine could be uh, administered. Any other thoughts from outside, you know, other sources, you couldn't have it. Government crowding things out is the common denominator in our, in our state's woes. We have to reverse this and we have to do it during this election. Otherwise, we will look like Venezuela. I know something about you. and I don't know if you're willing to volunteer it here. So I'm going to give you one chance, one chance only. And I don't know how true it is, but I'm going to say something. And in regards to Michelle Lujan Grisham. Did, yes. you, did you know Michelle Lujan Grisham and did you know her husband? Yes. Uh, Greg Grisham and I were best friends in junior high school. We were on the bowling team together. And sophomore year of high school, we were both at Valley. Then he ended up transferring up to Cibola. So Greg and I were very good friends. And uh, when I'd gotten back from, the, from uh, my time in the Army, we actually lived on the same street in the North Valley. And Teresa and I were out pushing the kids around in strollers. And we saw Greg and he invited us over to the house. And there we met Michelle. And I will just say my personal experience with Michelle was uh, less, than, uh, less than satisfactory in the way that she treated my best friend. Were and, you uh, friends with Greg until the end? Yeah, I knew Greg. And I also spoke at his funeral. And I got glared at throughout that funeral and was- Did, you know, she, did she speak at the funeral? No. She's getting married in two weeks. I know. Your thoughts? Uh, Feel free. This is the one time you're going to get a chance to. And I would, uh, if you want to take a deep breath, and I know that you're a prayerful man. And, uh, you know, this was your best friend. Right. Uh, and I think there's, there's way more here. You know, th there really is. There's, and I know people who went to law school with Michelle LeGrishan. Right. I know them very well. Uh, they're people I can pick up the phone and talk to anytime. But I also know her to be a very capable uh, person in terms of uh, uh, giving, uh, having power and exercising that. So I'm going to give you the last minute and a half and to sort of kind of say your final things before you, uh, you know, go headwind into this. Because, you know, you feel, I mean, I see that you pray before you get on the air. Yeah, I do. I, mean, I, I see what you do every single time. It's like, I do. okay, Greg's over there. He's praying before he does all this kind of stuff. So I feel like you're guarded. Uh, and I know that you are the last person to say anything negative about anybody else, but uh, I'll give you 90 seconds to, uh, you know, honor the memory of uh, Greg Grisham and maybe, you know, talk a little bit about uh, how you're running and uh, what you'd like to say. Go ahead. Uh, in general, in politics, what I have found uh, during this election is that there are people who care very much about themselves, their careers, their ambitions, their power, and 
everything focuses on that. And so again, I, I don't know, you know, um, Michelle's marriage, you asked about that. Uh, I didn't she, ask. Right. I said she was getting married. She's and, getting married. Yeah, so she's going back to Washington, D.C. and what will be a very political marriage. Okay, I'll let your audience draw from that what they want to. Uh, I look at it and think, gosh, uh, if I would never want to get, uh, uh, Teresa and I have been married 42 years. Uh, we got married in church. You've only ever been with Teresa. You're right. Teresa's, uh, you know, a lot of people say you're ride or die. No, there is a ride or die. Right. <laughs> and that she's put up with me is astounding, <laughs> the testament to her character. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another type of politician. They're more rare, but all they care about is the people. And how can they help? How can they contribute? They look out there and, and there's this feeling toward them of, I have skills, I have abilities that could help these people at this time. And it's not just in politics. Eddie, it comes through on your radio show. Yeah. Uh, who are you then, always talking about? Yeah. Them, those people out there who need yeah. help. And so it's a difference between big community, which are people who care about each other, and big government, people who want control over people. And so I've come to believe, especially during COVID, that MLG is a big control, big power, big government type leader that leads nations and states to ruin throughout history. People who are more concerned about the community, churches, charities, families, small businesses, uh, they're the ones that build nations, that build states. I I'm on that side. <laughs> so are you, so are most of the people in your audience. And that's why I'm running for governor. I'm the total opposite of MLG and how I view the world. I don't know that anybody knows her the way that you do. And I would offer you the words of Sun Tzu as I wish you well, my dear friend, <laughs> uh, on your uh, uh, battle uh, on the field with your other, uh, it's, uh, it, we call it a scrimmage, uh, if you will, on this side of the aisle. And it's a true battle on the other side. But uh, uh, knowing what I know about you, um, I offer you these final words um, of uh, consolation, if you will. And at the very same time, offer words of empowerment. If you know the enemy, and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. Yep. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. That tells me more than I need to know as far as the primary and as far as the general election. I wish you uh, the very best, Greg. How can people get in touch with your campaign? Go to ZanettiForGovernor.com, uh, ZanettiForGovernor.com, or uh, here's my personal phone number, 505-382-1882. There it is. All right. We'll see you uh, in the up upcoming weeks. Best of luck. Get out and vote on Tuesday. We'll hear from all the other candidates as well. I appreciate everybody tuning in. See you tomorrow, bright and early. Actually, Monday, bright and early, 4 p.m., right here in the Kiva. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Burke. Albuquerque's macro aggression. The Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Dot com, hour two coming at you from the ABQ here on this Friday afternoon. And, uh, Hopefully you guys got through a uh, happy and safe Cinco de Mayo in uh, all of that. Uh, I want to make sure that that happened. And uh, interesting interview there, hour 
boy, <clears throat> I wanted to really delve into all that stuff. And I know Dowd is not one to suffer through uh, any interview with any political candidate unless he is uh, doing the grilling. But that had to be eye-opening for all of you uh, out there. It's like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And that there's something else there. And then there's uh, the 11th hour rabbit. Let me pull a rabbit out of my hat. And there's your rabbit. That is uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's ex-husband. I do say ex because they were in the process of going through a divorce. Yeah, at the time. Uh, so she is not as uh, widowed as you think that she might be. Now, these are things that uh, Congressman Pierce, when he was running for governor, did not know. And these are things that uh, Greg Zanetti is uh, aware of uh, during that time. I mean, it's also not a very festive time, obviously. And uh, boy, you, know, you could go through the uh, last few years of that marriage, you know, uh, Anyway, I'll uh, I'll say my piece insofar as um, how much I could uh, possibly, but uh, that's uh, that's eye opening. Uh, Dowd Muska here in the Kiva. How are you, sir? I'm well. It's uh, it's kind of the curse of living in a small population state, as big a state as we are area wise, Eddie. Right. Uh, a lot of the uh, well, you know, political, financial, legal people do kind of know each other, and right. uh, you know, it's funny the way we approach the way we view politicians and in her, in her world, she's the hero. She's the good guy. Uh, so many of us out here in what I would consider more reality based world, see her as kind of a, well, as a, as a power crazed, uh, narcissistic politician. And, uh, I, I suspect there's more to that story, Eddie, that uh, was not revealed in the last hour, but uh, uh, maybe maybe we'll get more information on that in the weeks to come. But uh, didn't she didn't come off very well in that story, did she? No, uh, and he didn't say anything. I no. sort of went in a very roundabout way. He had yep. no idea what I was going to spring on him. I think um, people oftentimes forget how many people I speak to and how much I know, and he was totally unaware of what I knew there. I came by way of that information of a third person so i sprung it on him and i'm like oh bingo that's what i'm looking for um Otto von bismarck said politics is the art of the possible possible the attainable the art of the next best there's so much encapsulated in all of that and i know many of you are running i've been speaking about uh ron ketty uh, mark ron ketty as he is he is the eventual winner that uh, nobody can challenge him and uh you know maybe everybody gets together and everybody puts on their best uh their best, they put their best foot forward and say, we've got one job and one job to do, and that's to beat her. Um, <clears throat> we'd certainly know that Greg is uh, capable of doing the job. Uh, we know that um, he has the private sector experience, which I think is more important, as we saw with Donald Trump. We alluded to that. Um, I hit him uh, with all the just various points of, you know, education, crime. I think you got some good points uh, there, Dowd. I think that was it was clear, it was concise, it's it's ready. I think we like the educational piece probably the most. You know, I, did you like my uh, idea for the EBT card? I'd love to see the leftists deal with that, Eddie. One, one type of uh, right. EBT card they like, the other kind for uh, educational benefits transfer, they wouldn't like that. <laughs> no, you know, I think their unions wouldn't like that. And I think there's just a, a lot there. It's a, a lot of meat on the bone, uh, so to speak. So... Uh, what will get us the win? How much will we know? Does all of this die with uh, Greg Zanetti? Should he not come out of the race? I think that's the, I think that's the biggest question of all. There's so much that you want to know. Um, Michelle Lujan Grisham has now made her personal life front and 
Center. Now, let me play this back for you. I want you to listen closely. The Republican Party's not very smart. They're just not. I mean, the Cinco de Mayo emails and the stuff like that. I mean, I doubt Congressman Pierce is the one who's putting that out. I mean, I love I love Steve. I think he's a good guy. I think, you know, you have a man who's a statesman and trying to do good things and literally spitting in the wind or running uphill or, you know, uh, running against the wind, whatever you want to say. I mean, it, it, it's been tough for him and he has not been respected. And, uh, you know, there's been times I haven't respected him. I ran against him. That wasn't any disrespect towards him. It was just like, I wanted to get a fair shake. I didn't feel I did. And uh, he continued to be the, the party. Michelle Lujan Grisham did something, in my opinion, that I don't even think Jay McCluskey picked up on. I don't think anybody picked up, you know. And, you know, if Jay gets through with, with Mark, I think this is, this is something I think that he can, you know, put a finer point on and, and really kind of lay into this. She's getting married. And I don't even know if anybody could do any uh, doubt. I'm not asking you to do it, but I can't imagine the number of times. Okay. L- l- let me back up a little bit. This, this is so good. Like there's so much packed in this. It's the word I probably use more than anything else. It's the number one word that dominates. I think about every person I separate with in the Republican party. Insolent. It is the very word that should be described, used to describe Michelle Lujan Grisham in her biography. Insolent. Everything about her is that word. Arrogant, rude, lack of respect. Now, I might be accused of that for really no reason. This woman literally is emblematic of that in so many ways. I'm a busy guy. I've got commitments and I prioritize and has nothing to do with uh, arrogance or lack of respect. <clears throat> By the way, in the last hour, the uh, Tata's email went up, but subscribers only. I put a nice little uh, a little uh, disclaimer there at the top. This is the this is the one with the nude pic. We did not put that in your inbox, folks. And the pentagram, which I did not notice early on. <laughs> yes, the pentagram is right there, too. Yes. Uh, Satan's got his favorites, and certainly she is one of them. Anyway, maybe, maybe this one is, too. But she made her personal life front and center. And only somebody who would be as insolent as she is would make a move like that during a year as important as this of her reelection. You saw we covered Amazon and Netflix and Facebook and Walmart. Big boxes stayed open, right? Walmart. Netflix got more of their money. They've lost 73%. Facebook isn't going to roll out the next phase, isn't having more metadata. They'll probably never roll out the next phase in Valencia County. Republicans and Democrats voted for that. that that's the next one, Dow. Tie your, tie, tie your yellow ribbon on that one, baby. Uh, and, and you're welcome for giving you that, that head up, a heads up on uh, Facebook. That will be forever delayed. It'll never happen. That next data center. What do you need a data center for in the Facebook world? And it's shrinking, shrinking, and shrinking. Virgin Galactic. Doubt, uh, did they hit an all-time low today? Uh, yes, and I uh, very enthusiastically tweeted that out today. Uh, we have now achieved a, a record low. Uh, my $16.50 is, is now worth $6.80. Uh, Eddie, we closed today again at $6.80. Our previous record low w- uh, was back in March at $7.28. So as of today, 
a record low stock price for our partner, Virgin Galactic. So before you decide that we are taking pleasure in the demise of the lack of success of these companies, we can officially tell you as of this day, after Cinco de Mayo, we told you so. This is the day that has come and your insolent governor is on her way to party and celebrate in our nation's capital in a very nice neighborhood, by the way, just outside the National Cathedral, right up by Woodley Park, in that area, right? Boy, it's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be a nice, brisk end of May evening as the interns shuffle in from various parts of the country. As people reopen back up on the hill, there's a fresh fight for Roe v. Wade. As the National Cathedral, Woodley Park, DuPont Circle, and all the various other haunts of the great parts of D.C. continue to await Michelle Lujan Grisham and her bride. Yes, her bride. Can't be a broom. I mean, honestly, seriously, just think about that. Just think that for a second. No, don't think about it. Hasn't, hasn't. Hey, Eddie, can you can you imagine in your mind heard yet. Uh, a Jay McCluskey produced ad? Yes. In October, uh, as the state suffers from the fifth month in a row of the worst unemployment rate in the nation, yes, I can. the governor uh, expending carbon dioxide, winging yes. her way to deal with to, to get married by out of touch DC elites. That that oh. ad writes itself. The sweet revenge of uh, taking two point one billion dollars from Susanna Martinez. I mean, she literally gifted it to you, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Gifted it to you. There it is. Just gifted it to you. What'd you do? You spend and expanded. I mean, the ads are going to be amazing. You know, they're going to be amazing. And, and, and I think Mark's got the money to spend and all that. But I don't know. Greg's got the stories. I mean, does that stuff ever surface? I mean, uh, when it comes to the debate stage, gonna have to do what we can to 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 work with mark i think greg's capable on the, on the debate stage i think we haven't seen enough of of mark out there we gotta get him if he's gonna be battle ready or tested we certainly know rebecca dow boy you don't want to start a fight with that woman in the dark alley she'll she'll eat you alive really will so we got three three great candidates i mean who are you gonna vote for key listeners early voting starts tuesday you know, you're very familiar with Greg. Rebecca's been on a few times. She, she hammers on the door. She keeps knocking. And, you know, Mark's, Mark's very responsive. He won our, he won our, uh, he won our debate. I guess you could do it, that our version of the debate as much as you're going to get a debate. You know, um, I'm going to wait for some polls to sort of pop out. But it's exciting. But uh, uh, we're all going to come, come, come together. We're going to get along, reunited, and it feels so good. But going back to this insolence that we see here, she's made her private life a target. I want you to think about that before you cast your vote. When things go south, the economy, COVID, you've been lied to, gas prices go through the roof, you're suffering. Do you know what type of things really take off? Yeah, personal attacks. That's what lands the punch. When things are tough. And who's going to be the least punchable? 
I mean, is it is it going to be is it going to be Greg Zanetti? I mean, Choir Boy, as some people have referred to him as, you know, literally perfect brigadier general, you know, guy who's been out there, Guantanamo, all this, you know, stuff. He's married his high school sweetheart, West Point grad, literally. Uh, um, and it should be stated, uh, he's higher rank than than Jay Block. I know the Jay Blockites and the Patriots out there love to do it. If Jay went back into the military, he'd be a major today, just so you know. And there's not, uh, I'm still questioning whether or not he's been back for sure. So I know he said no, but I thought we'll have to roll tape on uh, previous interviews with these guys. But we'll be happy to have Jay in and talk a little bit about that. Didn't have much show for money on there. Um, waiting to see these final CFIS reports on, on the 9th, which is Monday. Oh, that's going to be good. You guys better report end on time because we're, we're going to look at your money. That's what it's about. I'm sure Mark, you know, pretty hard to hit him. He's got a very, very congenial, rosy red cheeks, you know, good looking, oftentimes referred to as uh, Ron Cutie, right? <laughs> that, uh, a lot better than uh, you should take pride in that. I mean, I yeah. think nothing, is, uh, nothing wrong with being uh, good looking. I think it's more complimentary than Cuomosexual. Yes, yes. Uh, those are very far apart on the spectrum of, of compliments versus insults. So I think that that's, uh, that's, that's important. You know, and by the way, this is a Friday afternoon. So if you're getting all worked up about, you know, what we're saying, have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> have a bon voyage. And then, of course, there's Rebecca Dow. I mean, she is, I, I think, of, of the three of those, like the most capable in terms of slugging it out. I mean, the, the woman just fights back. I mean, you don't really want to attack this woman in any way, shape, or form yet. She's got the, the thing that's hanging out there on her ethics complaint. She she addressed it here on our air, which I thought was good. But then there's the voting record on that. And then, you know, Dowd's not very complimentary of her. I, I happen to like Rebecca. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Rebecca Dow. Uh, that's no, no doubt about that. And Definitely a fan of uh, Greg Zanetti, and and insofar as I've met uh, Mark Ronchetti, I have to say I'm I'm a fan of Mike Ronchetti. I mean I'm on board with that, and he's raised a significant amount of money. That's what you're facing. With those those are the three guns that you have to pull. Okay, which gun are you going to aim at Michelle Lujan Grisham? Metaphorically, Who's, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. You saved my. You saved my. You saved uh, me from a lawsuit. Thank the, you. The Office of Disinformation might be listening, Eddie. I wanted to get that in. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that's 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 why he's the Dow three thousand. And the CD one race, same thing. You want to run a, a you know basically a fifteen hundred dollar claimer, one that's run you know multiple tracks. She's just not sure if it's you know is the Derby tomorrow, the turf, the dirt, uh, if it's a sprint or 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 three mile steeplechase. I mean, we don't know. It, she was sure weren't in anything. As long as she, her mother was a mother, and her mother was a mother, mother, mother. And you got the very congenial Louis. San I mean, there's no Louis Sanchez, Democrat, Republican. Uh, here's the the law in 2022. You vote for a Louis Sanchez. It's just that simple. He's too nice to be in politics. He is too nice to be in politics. L Louis, you hire me. I'll be your hatchet man. Okay. Yeah. All you do is just go around to wow, events look at you. and 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 you know kiss babies and go to the, you know breakfasts and everything. And I'll I'll be the hatchet man. I'll get things done. Yeah, and I couldn't believe his age when he told me his age. I'm like, you're not that. So so we got four. Uh, dare I say, are we developing a bench 
in the Republican Party. What is going on here? Is there a bench developing here? Huh? The good behavior of those four candidates, I'd like to say that all four of them have handled themselves quite well. Louis, uh, Louis is also coachable. You know, I, I urged him strongly to uh, bail on the uh, gubernatorial race and uh, get, get the hell out of Dodge and get in the CD1 race, dog. Get in there. You're a dog that can hunt and can win. Then we gotta we gotta stare down lonely girl. Gotta look at old lonely. Hey there, lonely girl. Lonely girl. She's not lonely, by the way, folks. She's got she's got a she's got a friend. And there's uh, the other stuff out there. So what happens when the chips are down and things aren't going good? You get a you get a you get a campaign mastermind like Jay McCluskey, the master sorcerer. Right? I went to go see Doctor Strange. You're about to hear my kids. Come on here. This, they're, they're gonna they're gonna tell you how terrible this movie is. Yeah. And then he, the sorcery comes in with these commercials, and like out of nowhere, a bad economy and the money that's bailing people out. And all of a sudden, you're like, vroom, 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 vroom. You get all these commercials placed at the right time, at the right place, and then you have Susanna's Revenge, Susanna Martinez's Revenge. So there's a lot here, folks. So j- just determine which is, uh, what, what do they say in The Godfather? Is that economics is the gun, politics is the trigger, right? Something like that. I don't know. And people have all these powerful phrases that they state. There's a lot riding on this, folks. Okay, So make your, make your choices, make them wisely. Okay. You don't want to get someone, someone who's too fiery and just firing off the cuff and, you know, beating his chest or beating her chest. Like, like Ethel Maharge, I can't understand her for the life of me. Like, this is like her best opportunity to go ahead and take credit for the, the pro-life win. You know, she could literally take that right off the table. You know, I mean, for whatever the little number of votes that she's going to end up getting, I don't know. I don't like to say that because that was said of me and it was quite rude. It was like, Oh, Eddie, what, what that fat, uh, fat boy BV over there at, uh, <laughs> we literally have the guy on tape. It's like, well, maybe a couple hundred votes. You moron. You idiot. You're so stupid. Just, just stop. There's a lot here, folks. Okay. So hopefully you're preparing yourselves. You get yourself, uh, you know, invested. You know, you, you've got, you've got a, a, a very, very tough uphill climb. Shelly Hungersham gets the federal funds. If she's threatened at all, she's going to come in with an extra five. Here's, here's the difference. Here's the X factor. Who's going to be able to go to, to national with an extra five, 10 million at the very end? Cause this could be a $20 million gubernatorial race on both sides. Could, could be. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be, and, and you're going to be like, this is an obscene amount of money. It'll be the most expensive gubernatorial race in history. In little old New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay McCluskey will will set the bar on that, and it, I mean this this is it. This is uh, one of the Avengers. They have the the battle where uh, uh, what's I don't even know. I, I keep going to that because I'm trying to bring in my kids at some point here. So this will be the most expensive race in the history of the state of New Mexico, by far. Okay, who's going to be able to raise the money at the very end? That's what's key. Who's going to be able to close the deal? Who's going to be able to make the argument that is, is the argument more, well, I want another four years, you know, I'm afraid of what might happen. I mean, how much worse could it get? I don't even know the amount of money that we've given Netflix. Th- that by itself would be my campaign commercial. I would just focus on corporate welfare. Yep. 
yep. you know, with a, a smoky room deal. So I'm, I'm going to create the, the ad for Jay already. It's like back room deals, smoky Shadowy figures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's been done a thousand times, you know. <laughs> then I, but then you have Tom Hanks sneak in and he do like this sort of conspiratorial, like her with Tom Hanks. And, and then how about her with Alec Baldwin? Someone's got to, is there an Alec Baldwin, Michelle Lujan Grisham? You know, talk about gun control when your best friends can't even handle a gun. I mean, yeah, you're welcome, folks. All the free campaign advice you want. Every can- I'll write every campaign commercial. I dream this stuff up just, you know, because it's all right there in front of me. When you're, when you're invested in ingesting all this stuff, like, you just spit it out. You just regurgitate it. Just, just flows. Are we going to waste this opportunity? Is the Republican Party going to waste this opportunity? With a gubernatorial win, with Steve Pierce at the helm, right, coming out of this, does he get any of the credit for this? Or, or the underlings like Robert Aragon and, and all the rest of the guys, you know, uh, Harv, Harvey, Harvey, uh, what, was it Harv, Harvey what? Yates. Harvey Yates. He donated $5,000 to Manny. Moron. Yeah. Money well spent. Very well spent. <laughs> you become the richest guy in the world for making bets just like that. Do not ask them, ah, Junebug, who are you betting? Junebug. Yeah. I'm going to be Richard Dreyfus at the race. Yeah. No. No. I'm going to, I should watch that tonight. Let it ride. Anything? Junebug. It's just my day. Right. There it is. Great interview with Zanetti. Looking forward to uh, talking with uh, Rebecca Dow, I believe Wednesday. And I hope to get uh, Mark Ronchetti or is the people who dislike him, the weatherman here on Tuesday. I, I think Mark will do well on the radio. I really do. Um, he's on He's on other radio stations. But. Well, as of next week, Eddie, it's, we're inside of a month. These these folks got to gear, gear things up. Yeah, you got to gear things up. And, um, you know, if we have to throw uh, Ethel Block in, that's cool to him. Or whatever, or, a, you know, Jay Maharge. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. You guys can do that all you want. I don't I don't care. We'll, we'll, we'll interview them all. Come one, come all. Um, these house races, do we have a chance at the house here in uh, 2022 down? Is there any, what's on the radar there? I know you're not a political guy. You don't care about that. You just care about policy. Anybody picking up any hot button issues? I mean, the, you don't have to do the uh, Roe v. Wade stuff because that that's been tossed out. That's no longer on the table. Um, any issues that we can even hit on? Eddie, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but I just, I just, I think Louis is a really strong candidate to, to take on Stansbury. He's going to win. He's so much more relatable than her, and and he's not this kind of big fat doofus, you know, rumpled doofus, doofus that ran against her in the special election who uh, didn't exactly inspire people. I mean, Louis has such a connection to the community, and you know, it's it's tough because I'm Mr. Objective Researcher, and on this one, it's tough for me to be objective, but. Um, I just I'm I'm doing a piece on the next Melanie Stansberry, uh, who 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 will be who's rising <laughs> I've through been the links. Seeing that in the queue for a while. Yeah, but... you have. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, it's funny. I mean, you just wonder where these people come from. I sent you a link last night to um, a Fulbright scholar uh, who was named a, full, a UNM Fulbright scholar, and there's so many pathways, usually through government universities, to get these people 
ideologically crazed and then get the then the inevitable government job uh which eventually leads to the inevitable elected position and it's it, there's this pipe you know the school to prison pipeline you know it's it's the moonbat to politician pipeline and there, we're, we have to stop the melanie stansbury's because they have such a uh, a training system for these people that just doesn't exist in the conservative and libertarian world. Um, this new PhD sociologist at UNM was the Fulbright scholar. Um, let's see, he plans to interview, uh, visit archives and interview South Africans to understand how they are policed in their everyday lives. Mm. His dissertation traces a human black racial hierarchy that informs modernity and examines how in moments when blackness is policed, this racial hierarchy is reified and challenged. As an abolitionist, the goal of his work is to build upon the legacies of the black feminist and radical traditions to assert black humanity and move towards a world where African diaspora, diasporic communities receive care, not criminalization. I mean, this is the world that the Melanie Stansberry's come out of, whether it's the environmental side or whether it's the economic Marxism, racial justice side. It's and uh, land. it's it's literally a narrative of their own creation. Yes. They create the problem and they invent the solution. And it's really, I mean, I was looking at the calendar today. This is the very reason why Juneteenth was created. You know why Juneteenth was created? Oh, uh, you don't know anything, Eddie. 1954 in Texas and uh, Corpus. Well, I'm, it could have stayed there. We'd have been totally just fine. Do you know what it celebrates? We got to go ahead. And they literally put it right on Father's Day. Because somehow by us celebrating Father's Day, we were insulting the black community. So they figure out a way to stick over Red Nation, right? Red Nation and uh, what, what do you call that uh, on Columbus Day that they have? What, what are the, what's their? Indigenous Peoples. Indigenous Peoples Day. And they do that. It's like you could have just put it on any other day. And they're talking about diaspora, the people who lost their way. You owe it to them. And instead of criminalizing them, you would feel the very same way if you didn't know your roots and who you are and what you came from. You would feel the very same way. And you would feel empowered. It's time for us to march on. UNM, march on the uh, City Hall in Albuquerque, march on the legislature, march on Washington, march on the world. With all these things that they've invented. And then, of course, they're played out in a public sphere to make it believable. And then the emotive element sort of colorizes, and no pun intended there, but just literally colorizes everything into this, you know, emotional behemoth that you cannot conquer. And it's like, oh. It's like a bad marriage with a crazy woman, right? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever you want. I didn't realize uh, we're going there for the third time. Oh, we went there last week. What? Okay, yes, you're right. You're right. It's just food. We're just going to eat. <laughs> By the way, that is not autobiographical in any way, shape, or form. So. Well, I'm just curious, Eddie, this was a new term I learned last night. I, I only think of abolitionists and abolitionism in terms of the 19th century and the good men and women who worked to end slavery. Uh, uh, slavery, for the record, would be something that libertarians would be uh, opposed to. You you don't get to own other people in the libertarian world. So it's not really that controversial in our world. Slavery is a bad thing. Um, you know who's opposed to slavery? People. Yeah, yeah. Um so now we're back to abolitionists. So is the new definition of abolitionism to be someone who uses the word black with a capital B and, and won't be satisfied until reparations are passed? I mean, uh, I'm against slavery, but I, as, as Corey Tillman 
defines abolitionism. I'm probably not an abolitionist anymore. It's very hard to keep up with the terminology, Eddie. Very difficult. Oh, all right. You ready for a movie review, Dowd? Oh, I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> I think we got to get the kids in for the movie review. We got to do this obligatory. Have we a last break first, stuff. though. We got we got to set this up. Yeah, the rest of the the rest of the year is going to be you know full of politics. It's going to get ugly. You know, I'll probably end up getting, you know, hit by a stranded. I mean, got enough people who hate me. Enough people who hate you. By the way, your your former counterpart apparently no longer occupied at the former think tank that you are no longer at. The uh, boat oh. and weirdo uh, appears to be might be gone. Oh boy! Yeah, according to uh, the constipated um, creep. Oh. Yeah, the the long the latest reports from the uh, from the underground are. So you're saying that the bald boar is still there, but the constipated creep might be gone. Yes, correct. No, that's quite that's quite the graphic. Uh, <laughs> oh, June bug. Oh, it's the you you you, re, you guys don't remember this movie? I mean, tomorrow's the Derby. You guys want my pick for the Derby? You get all that stuff. Some relative died. Sorry. Hi, cheeseburger. Hey, try. Try. Who you like in the first, huh? Who you like? Come on. Come on, tell me. Come on, cheese. Try. Who you like? Come on, come on. Tell me. Who you like? uh, the number four. Wait. Come again? Hmm? The number four. <laughs> Nobody in his right mind bets the four horse. <laughs> the four horse is a joke, Trotter. <laughs> they put little kids on the four horse. Who have their pictures taken? <laughs> Excuse me, uh, the guy here with Sammy Davis Jr. around his neck is bothering the customers. Can I get some help around here? Hey, hey, hey everybody! Who's your horse, folks? I uh, would love to know a little bit uh, more about that and uh, who you're going to run with in this gubernatorial race. Uh, that's really kind of what it's all about. And you might be left off the stage, but stick behind your bets. And I think it's going to be uh, a good race, uh, at least in the primary. The primary I like to refer to, as you heard, a scrimmage. Uh, it's where the gloves aren't fully off. It's just, you know, a little, little bit of boxing, if, if you will. And then the big race with Michelle Lujan Grisham. Boy, that is going to be the contest uh, of the year. Back in four uh, with my kids to tell you about. Uh, I, I Let me tell you, it's not going to be a good, it's not going to be a very complimentary movie review, but we're going to talk about that, and they might make some comparisons. 550-50-500. That's 550-50-500. I'm Eddie Aragon, D-Dowd and Muska. We'll also do a little bit of Mother's Day. I think we should talk about moms today, don't you think? What we love about moms and uh, the, the female form, and uh, there, there certainly is that, but uh, that is one woman uh, who does definitely doesn't want to be a mom. The irony of all this, Roe v. Wade stuff during uh, Mother's Day weekend, I think is also uh, not lost on me. Hopefully it is not lost on you either. Back and forth. Thanks for listening.
Coming out in two weeks from now, uh, the, my my own personal Doctor Strange, and that would be, uh, yep, uh, Top Gun. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, Cougar and Merlin, Maverick and Goose, uh, Iceman, and uh, I don't know, whatever, Iceman's Wingman's, uh, I think it was Slider, whatever that means. Um, but uh, I think it was uh, probably pretty graphic, not not meant for these uh, airways. We get uh, D-Dad Muska, the Dow 3000, and myself, and... Uh, uh, <clears throat> two very unhappy patrons of last night's uh, pre-opening opening <laughs> of uh, Doctor Strange. And, uh, you know, we were very excited about uh, heading out to the movies. We love going to the movies, you know. One of the things that we like doing, we just, yeah, that's what you do. You go to the movies, not sit at home. By the way, uh, good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. How are you? How's how's it going? Good. Yeah? How how are we doing today? Good. Yep, everything's good. Okay. Well, not great, as you can can tell, it's not great. It could be doing, not as excited as the last time, Right before Easter, where we had the uh, the Passion of the Christ, uh, basically, I, I mean, literally, they, you don't even have to read a book after that Good. rendition. That you guys did a great job last time. Good job. It was because um, we got a three fifteen. Oh, is that why <laughs> your brains were refreshed? I see that. Okay, uh, d- tell us about what's going on in, in there. Uh, you guys got some new hats, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about. Uh, you got to do more than one word answers. My God, just yeah. What what is this? I feel like we're on Howard Stern. Like the mystery guest, we have to guess. Whatever, it. Dad. <laughs> I don't know why we're here, man. I don't know. Did you guys get pizza this afternoon? Yes. yes. Isn't it great when you can get meat back on your pizza after lunch? Yes. On Friday, yeah. that's, that's a bad thing. Uh, t- tell me, what, what kind of hats do you guys got on? We got on Washington. Well, I got on Washington, D.C. Yeah, it is pretty cool, huh? Me like, too. You like the red, white, and blue? Mm-hmm. You're the Capitals. Yeah. Hockey. And the other one's the, uh, what are you, Washington, what, what is, what is you? I don't even know. I think it's the Washington Capitol, too. Oh, is it Capitals, too? I don't know. Capitals and the other I, I know one thing it isn't. The basketball team, when I lived in Washington, was called the Bullets. Oh, the Bullets. Yes. No very more. Funny. No yes. more. <laughs> Remove that. Uh, not, not good. Uh, all right, kids. Uh, I know a lot of people trying to go to Doctor Strange. What, what happened in that movie? I mean, we were, we were amped up. We've gone to some bad movies this year. Dad made the mistake of taking you to that, uh, the movie Jackass. Huh? That was bad. Yeah. Yeah, we had to walk out of that one. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad one. All right. Um, this, this Doctor Strange has done them bad. Doubt. They're not uh, very yeah. popular today. They're just, it's one word answers. Oh, can, in can, and I, can I just start off? With yeah, go ahead, Doubt. You're gonna, right, no. I'm not pulling out of them. They're, they're upset yeah. at me. I get it. I get you're upset at me. Nothing I could do. <laughs> I didn't preview the movie. I'm not Gene Siskel. I'm not Roger Ebert. I'm none of these mm-hmm. guys. Come on, mm-hmm. uh, boys. The the uh, I, uh, last weekend I watched the Spider-Man movie uh, where where Spider-Man goes to Doctor Strange and tries to have him uh, tell everyone you know have the, cast the spell that has him everybody forget that, that Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Is this movie is this movie kind of take place after that to deal with kind of what happens to Doctor Strange? Um, I think it pl- takes place before. Oh, before it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And and the multiverse. He gets he gets trapped in the multiverse. Um, how how would you describe the multiverse? It's kind of like more more Earths than just ours, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> and on those other Earths, there's like different versions of the same people. Uh, it, it, wow, Dowd's done yeah. his homework here. Yeah, yeah. Guys, it was such a bad movie. They're not even wanting to talk about it. What What was so bad about the movie? They got PTSD from this, Eddie. <laughs> they might. It, it was bad. They literally threw the popcorn bucket at me. I got them the commemorative popcorn and uh, soda bu uh, bucket. We got the Mountain Dew Icy uh, mm -hmm. along with the popcorn bucket, and you guys didn't even want that. Oh. Had Doctor Strange on it. What What is wrong with Doctor Strange? Everything. Okay. He's, I thought he was kind of a cool hero. I wish I could cast those kind of spells and be so cool and powerful. So uh, there was some conversation during the show. Um, there was sort of a weird scene, right, uh, guys? It was, it was like two moms or something. You were asking me. What were you asking me? The, yeah. only, the only good scene in the movie was that scene. It was because um, the moms disappeared. And <laughs> her mom, the moms died because of you hitting it on her. <laughs> You're like, I, I, this is unprovoked, by the way. Just that was the only uh, scene that they enjoyed. They were upset about the uh, roles. They recognized it. Remember, twelve seconds cut out of the uh, Saudi Arabian version, but left in for the American version. Of course, uh, my seven and nine year old none too none too pleased with that rendition of uh, okay. uh, "Mommy and Mommy." They so they were not conservatives. On, okay. Not on board. Yeah, from an early age. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. Um, Anything else, man? I mean, do you guys really? Well, want what, to... Was it too long? Was it too loud? Oh. Was it boring? Was it what? What you know? What What were your main complaints, boys? It was because um, one of my favorite um Marvel characters died. Oh. Oh yeah, there was a, like a overall like massacre scene. Oh geez. Yeah, yeah. It just starts just they, they one after another, just like just. I'm not even gonna ask. Like for... just just disposing of characters. Like they, they were like they didn't have like they had two two HP. They, they just said to the, um, like, they said it was PG-13 in comedy, but it seemed like rated R horror. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I would actually, uh, I would agree with that. I did it's, see, I did see in the commercial where there's a very strange version of Doctor Strange where he's almost like a zombie vampire kind of scary dude. Uh, that yeah. looked a little, yeah. yeah. in the movie. That is isn't that bad. That, that's not that bad, but the um, the evil that manifests itself, right, guys? The one with the eyeball. Um, the three eyeballs. Yeah. He landed on that thing, and at the end, Doctor Strange died because he was the eyeball. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We got a lot of spoilers here. But, you know, then again, we got a lot of people who probably aren't going to see this movie, so. Now, I did hear a rumor that my, my beloved Haley Atwell, who was the actress who plays the female Captain America, that she makes an appearance in this movie. She does. Um, oh! <laughs> Don't bother. What? There's no way I'm going to go watch that movie. Holy cow. What did she have? She had like four lines and... and... Her name's Captain Britain. Captain yeah. Britain, yeah. Yeah, she gets sliced in half. She's the opposite of Captain America. Hmm. Apparently, Britain's the opposite of uh, America is what you could. I had a chance to meet her a couple a couple years ago when she came to Albuquerque for Comic Con, and one of the great regrets of my life is that I I didn't go. <laughs> Are you trying your British accent there, Bastion? <laughs> I think no. he was. He was trying to go. You making a spot of bother there, young one? Making a spot of bother? 
They're a little shy today. They're upset about Doctor Strange. I think we're a little, yeah, a little I, I sense uh, disappointment with the boys. Yeah, the, a serious disappointment. They were uh, pretty amped up about talking about it today, and then I think on second pass, it just wasn't uh, good. You guys got some cool new swag lately, huh? You guys got those uh, vintage Casio calculator watches. What do you think about that? How the, how are you drilling down on those numbers these days? I'm I'm just using it to tell time because well we're not um really um like the math on here doesn't help me with math really. Yeah, because you got to write out your your answers, right? No, show your work. Decimal. Oh, we're doing you know that doesn't have decimals. Nope. The old Casio watch—that's something I did not know. Doubt. Yeah. Uh, sol- solar it, watch? No, it's one of those vintage. You know, it's got the full calculator pad on there the ones where my fingers are too big but they're just right for a you know seven nine year old yes yeah yeah Yeah, so there it is it's a casio vintage watch all right uh, anything else guys you you guys are you guys are uh you guys are done uh dr strange is taking it out of you you guys uh we're gonna watch uh, play a little golf tomorrow and uh watch the ponies run huh and get good. some boba tea. Oh, boba tea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Be sure to get that in there. there. Yeah. So what? Uh, which boba do you uh, order there? Uh, free plug there for boba tea. Which, which one do you get, uh, Bastion? I get flamingo. Yeah, that is good. It's a tasty one. That is a tasty beverage. That is, there's no doubt about it. Boy, those, uh, the cherry, the cherry and strawberry nunu, huh? And my brother gets the very sexy. Yes, yes, well. <laughs> He's able to order that one. That is that is true. It, they don't. It's not age regulated there. So I never thought about that. Yeah, I know you didn't. Your flavor. head's not there. You're you're clean. You know. Tokyo Rose. Yeah, there is the Tokyo Rose. I think too. I don't know. What, there's there's all sorts of them that are in there. All right, all right, kids. You guys can run now. Thanks. Thanks Goodbye. for the. Yeah. Thanks for the movie review. Yeah. Uh, you know they wanted. To, they were very adamant about coming on today, and then. You know, I think I think we we only give them stuff that they're excited about going forward. Mm-hmm. A little radio pros, you know, in the future, in order to get them to, I think, communicate at a bigger and, and broader level. That's what we're going to have to do. So, well, you know, I I, I take my reviews from uh, you know certainly when it comes to Marvel movies from young American boys, and they know what's good and what's not. So I think this I think I'm going to do a pass on this one, Eddie. How about you join up with us? On our next go around, and uh, we make it a uh, radio family affair, and we go check out uh, the Top Gun. Would you be Would you be up for that? Ooh, I mean, okay. uh, we just we wear the red, white, and blue, mm-hmm, put on mm-hmm. our Ray Bans or yeah. you know, Wayfarer. We love toxic masculinity just packed I into really one vehicle. Want, I just want to pack the theater full of that. We're gonna need it because we'll be in uh, week two of uh, you know of, of a horrific uh, economic downturn. Well, that's um, true. I mean, folks, just in case you think I'm being negative, let's just look at Amazon for a second. Does anybody know how much Amazon has dropped? It's literally insane. It's, it was over $3,700, and it's now, what, uh, 20, 22 and change, I want to say? Like, it, it, it's the party's over. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Wow, 36 to 22. Holy. Yeah, 30, I think it got as high as 37. Uh, yeah, thirty-seven nineteen back in July of twenty twenty-one. Yep, there it is. Whew. There it is. Hope you got yeah. out early, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, turn out the lights. There it is. Uh, who is it that sang that? Uh, was that uh, oh, oh Dandy Don Meredith? Uh, Dandy Don. Yeah, he used to do it during the uh, the show. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Monday Night Football. I don't think uh, that that's what he was known for. 
at the end of the show. I don't know that he always did that, uh, but Willie Nelson apparently did a rendition. I think Gene Watson. Gene um, Watson, yeah. Yeah, he was the uh, the original. Turn out the lights. The party is over. Hour three, you and me, the doubt makes three three thousand right here in the Kiva. We're going to uh, jump into his latest piece and uh, sort of clean up all the remnants of the various stories that we failed. Had a good uh, time yesterday. Got a lot of positive feedback. You guys enjoyed our 505 in the 505 uh, on May the 5th, our Cinco de Mayo Espa Blotter. And we did that. Uh, thank you for pre- It's hard for me to do, I got to say. I, I wasn't wanting to do it's it. It's a performance piece, really. I mean, it, Yeah, we'll, we'll continue with it. Yeah. We certainly will. All right. Uh, back after the top of the hour news right here in the Kiva. Got to catch up on some commercials. So What a crazy, crazy party. Never seen so many people laughing, dancing. Look at you, you're having fun. But look at me, I'm almost crying. But that won't keep her love from dying. Misery calls for me. Party's over. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow. in the 505 with more 411 here for your third and final hour of the week. I'll be on all day tomorrow. I am Eddie Ergon, the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIV, rockoftalk.com. But of course, the Fleetwood Mac Rumors album with Dreams and the 
very lovely uh well what christy mcvee no it's stevie nicks that's who you that's who you like uh roku tv amazon fire and apple tv and uh don't forget uh you got to see my pink floyd 19s i wish you were here shirt i've gotten a lot of other rock and roll shirts uh as well and uh got a lot of ground to cover Dowd's right up first, and then we're going to blitz through a bunch of stories to wrap the week, catch up on uh, sort of the left uh, clippings left out uh, uh, for the rest of us for the remainder of the week and go as quickly as we can. Plus your top five, uh, maybe of the week, if we can even do that. I don't even know if uh, if we have that ability, but at least of the day, we didn't have that uh, yesterday. And glad to be here with the third hour with my broadcasting partner, D. Dowd Muska, Dowd 3000, and uh, yet another fantastic write-up. Found directly at rockoftalk.chat for pennies a day. You can become a little bit more informed and uh, more intelligent and uh, be the smartest man in the room, at least for uh, reading the one article uh, that Dowd uh, pours through. You are not to, he is not to be bothered at a time when he is putting the final touches uh, and it is uh, each piece is put together with great thought and care and is just perfect. And uh, for the um, fans who know him, we, we did lose two subscriptions. I sent Dowd a, Thing. I was like, uh, overall, we lost two subscriptions. I'm like, how did that happen this week? Come on, guys. Are you, are you, the, the recession setting in. I think the, the recession is tracking on rockoftalk.chat with the recession uh, overall in the economy. Come on. We're not going to just tell you what you want to hear. And I think that that's a good thing, Dowd. Uh, yeah, it might have been one of our Republican Party uh, oh. fa- fans who didn't like my piece on Republicans and taxes in this oh. in this state. But you know, Eddie, usually when somebody leaves, it's it's literally because they're leaving physically the state of New Mexico. Okay. Uh, we we had someone leave a few weeks ago who said we we love your content, but we're we're going to Alabama uh, and well, I'm uh, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama, Alabama Worley's got a lot going on Ooh, for her. Uh, as, uh, you know, peak Patricia Arquette there. Um, yeah, folks, this one is, uh, it's sort of the beginning of how a, a new project, Eddie always makes fun of me for all my post-its over here. Um, this, this was a- I never former- make fun of you. I admire you <laughs> right. endearingly and I track your check right. marks. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's uh, half, it's one, half- one, one OCD guy on another OCD <laughs> guy. <laughs> half praise, half ridicule, I guess, let's say at the same time. Uh, this project began, when I was doing some contract work for a big, big organization that is probably the worst organiz- worst run organization I've ever worked for. And they, they mean well, I love them to death, but it just, let's just say it wasn't, a mar- it wasn't a marriage made in heaven. And I remember talking to one of the senior people back East when I was uh, contracting and I kept saying, you know, at the end of the day, D. Dowd Muska is an outside cat, not an inside cat. And uh, I can't do internal politics. I can't do bureaucracy. Yep. Uh, there was something waiting for me. Uh, gee, what, what what was that? It was, I think, maybe some relationship with a, with a media operation in Albuquerque awaiting me down, down the I was road. Waiting, I, I, mean, I knew you were waiting for me, just like Aretha Franklin <laughs> and George Michael. That's what it was. So, uh, waiting for a star to fall. Well, let's um, not go in that direction. So this is uh, a project that I've been continuing for a long time, but I but I until today, I never brought it to the attention of the subscribers. Um, it's it's basically a deep dive on local government in New Mexico, county government, municipal government, which people get all hopped up on Chucky e. Schumer and the in the Supreme Court. And yes, the federal government matters, but oftentimes, Eddie, it's to the exclusion 
of the importance that needs to be placed on local government, which is the government you interact with the most. Oftentimes, for a lot of households, it's your biggest bill. Uh, yeah. You know, things like property taxes and sales taxes that are gobbled up by your, your city, town, village, county government. So, Eddie, this one sparked uh, this article sparked my attention out in the eastern part of our state. A fellow by the name of Paul Grider is running for re-election in Roosevelt County. He's a Republican commissioner, county commissioner, and he raised a really interesting point. He, he does have a, a Republican challenger this uh, go around. And I, Eddie, I took a, a quick look at the Secretary of State's office, and we have county commission primary races in 11 of our 12 most populous counties. So uh, pay attention, folks. Uh, our 12 most populous counties comprise 90% of New Mexico's population. So odds are you've got a primary at the county commission level uh, in your county. Eddie, for sheriff of Bernalillo County, there are 11 Republicans and Democrats running for sheriff uh, and, and, and one Libertarian. So I think the Libertarian's got a pretty much secure ballot access. So he suggested... Uh, by the way, he's the one who flew the uh, the uh, the... The dong copter over Manny Gonzalez. I forgot about that. I'm actually yes. pulling. I'm actually pulling for him. So the dong copter pilot, Sheriff Dong Copter, <laughs> Sheriff. What I, is your that name? Would be amazing. <laughs> that would be like you know, <laughs> Sheriff Dong. Yeah, he is the guy who uh, who flew that bird over uh, Manny Gonzalez. Dong, where is my Donger. aerial vehicle? Um, all right, so Mr. Grider out in, oh, you know, as I say, over on the Texas border where all the smart, intelligent, wise people are, uh, he made the suggestion, and I think he's right, that county governments, particularly in rural counties, they spend a lot of money on fuel. You've got firefighters, you've got law enforcement, uh, you have a lot of, uh, you know, they do the nuts and bolts of infrastructure, so you're consuming gasoline and diesel, and he said that's going to affect our road department, our sheriff's department, and, and he's concerned about inflation. So, I got to thinking about, well, how have counties been spending their money the last decade or so? So I took a dive. Uh, for the purposes of Mr. Grider, I took a look at Roosevelt County, which is not one of our populous counties at all. Uh, it's very, very small. It does not fall into that top 12. Eddie, the amazing thing about Roosevelt County, New Mexico, is on a per capita basis in the last decade, that county budget has been cut by 26%. They have oh, actually reduced right. government. Okay, in a conservative leaning, very conservative leaning, pro-Trump uh, county. So that doesn't describe all New Mexico counties. We have 33 counties. So I took a look at the top 12. And, and again, these 12 comprise 90% of, uh, of our population. And I'm used to doing deep dives on government spending and tax rates. And the trend is very easy to see. Things always get worse. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said the natural course is for liberty to give way, you know, and government to grow. And, and usually... That trend is a depressing, just consistent trend. Not so at all when it comes to county budgets in New Mexico the last 10 years. Eddie, we are all over the map with our Big 12. I'm going to start you with Sandoval and San Juan, okay. two counties that have, like Roosevelt, on a per capita adjusted for inflation basis, they are spending less now than they were spending a decade ago. Good news for the people who pay taxes in those two counties. Unfortunately, there's a couple of other counties where they're spending significantly more. Of all counties, Eddie County saw the biggest spending surge, 52% per With capita. With all those they conservatives? Are, they are spending like drunken sailors uh, in Eddie County. And frankly, uh, Mr. Aragon Valencia County at 24% of an increase is wow. not, uh, not too great either. And I will say... 
I was greatly pleased to look up Valencia County because on another subject, which relates to voting, Valencia County has picked the presidential winner, yep. has gone with the presidential winner since it's something amazing. like 1916. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And as I've said before, when it comes to the very, very curious case, and I say curious uh, with a bit of snark, of the 2020 election, which uh, I'm reading uh, Molly Hemingway's book. Uh, I'm reading her, her book, Rigged, by Molly Hemingway from The Federalist. And it's about how things were kind of weird in 2020. I'm not going to go out and say stolen, but she really makes a very good case that big tech, the media, and the and government itself, in terms of changing the rules of voting, those decisions had a big impact on the ultimate outcome of that election. So yeah, uh, it's a very good book, that. and I recommend it. And she's a little too much of a Trump partisan for me because I don't need the ad for Trump. I just want to drill down on what actually happened. But most of the book is straight reportage. So anyway, Valencia well, County. Way, very quickly on that note, since we're at that, uh, the uh, Twitter lawsuit uh, with uh, Donald Trump dismissed today. Uh, oh. Jack Dorsey asked for it to be dismissed. And wouldn't you know it, it got dismissed. So the deplatforming of Donald Trump completely full and uh, held up by the court. So there you go. On a Friday, before, on a Friday. before the weekend. Um, so Valencia, Eddie, was one of the 18 of 19 counties that were bellwether counties that had gone with the presidential winner for 100 years or more. And uh, they didn't stay bellwether counties. They went for Mr. Trump again in 2020. But of course, Mr. Biden was the one who got inaugurated. So when 18 of your 19 bellwether counties go with your guy and you say that there was nothing funny about that election, I, I can't I can't sign on to that. Anyway, so Valencia, a bellwether county, a national bellwether county, right. saw big, big, big gains in their spending. So basically, Eddie, what I'm do doing here is I'm laying out the fiscal situation for 90 percent of New Mexicans in this piece, letting you know where your county has been in terms of spending the last 10 years so that when you go to the polls and you talk, you know, these are county officials, you can actually go talk to them, uh, ask them about. government can borrow. It seems like there's no end to how much the federal government can borrow. But as you slide down that 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 trail of government, you go down to state and you go down to local government, local governments just don't have those kind of options that state and the federal government have. So local governments are going to get hit the worst by this crazy inflation, the crazy energy prices. So county budgets uh, in the next few years, I think, Eddie, are going to be a big, big concern as well as municipal, you know, city, uh, village, town budgets as well. Some counties have done very, very well. Some counties have done spectacularly badly. I'm shocked to say that Santa Fe and Dona Ana County have really kept spending under control. Yeah, uh, Santa Fe drops and Dona Ana um, negligible in terms of its neg growth. Negligible, negligible. So uh, I'm encouraging folks, and if, if you live in one of these non-big, big population counties, if you live in a smaller one, just send me an email, Dowd at Dowd Musk. I'll run the numbers on your uh, rural county to let you know where you stand. Uh, I had to cut this off at some point. I thought 90% of the population is, is a good amount. So um, we have competitive primaries for county commissioners in New Mexico on June 7th. Uh, and of course, we have the general in November. So I just think, Eddie, the people who've been responsible, the county commissioners who've been adopting responsible, restrained budgets, these are the kind of people you probably want to keep in office. And I'm not making any endorsement of any individual or whatever, but I'm saying get educated because don't forget when things are getting more and more out of control and prices are going through the roof and the state is keeping all that oil and gas money for itself and not sending it down to local governments, you're going to see pressure for county, city, village governments to raise taxes, okay? 
I show you here with our top 12 counties who's been responsible and who hasn't. And Eddie, I will be doing the same for municipal budgets as well. Just one more wonderful service we provide at the Rock Talk. I will um, offer one argument against your data, and that would only be to further bolster our insight of that. And I would want to know, and let's just kind of go through this, just, you know, not just, just, just a rough go over doubt. So this is kind of easy because this uh, t- article is titled When Inflation Attacks. Sandoval County, what do we know about Sandoval County? It's like the fastest growing county in the entire state. Yep. yep. How did they go, you know, lose 21, 22% of their budget? Yep. Yep. What did, how did they replace that? No, that's a study in, in, in government. Why is, uh, why is Jay Block not talking about that for his gubernatorial run? That would be mm-hmm. something that would be interesting where you, you can mi- macro the micro of what's happening in there. By the very same token, maybe some of these other counties like Valencia and Eddie, but you know, uh, Valencia is growing. McKinley is certainly not growing. Uh, it hasn't been for some time. Uh, but you have um, Otero, Bernalillo County. Uh, we grew 8% here. Does it match the population growth? That would be the other correlation, I think. This is per really... capita. So this is all adjusted for population. So there we are. Okay. There it is. See, Dow's already thought of it. You don't even have to worry. It's that easy. Rock of well, and I think, Eddie, it's Rock great that you point out Sandoval because you and I are such fans of, of Sandoval and Rio yes, Rancho. I think I'm what's happening in Sandoval is the reason you're getting that great decline in, in per capita cost, which in another way of saying a decline in per capita cost is you're getting more efficient government at the county level, is that the county's growing. So their population is growing, but it's not blowing through the roof and bringing uh, expenses with it. They're holding expenses under control as their population grows, which means their per capita cost is actually going down. This was a fight. I mean, you probably encountered this in Las Vegas when I lived there, the fight between the conservatives and the liberals in Las Vegas was the Dina, the evil witch Dina Titus's of of the world were, were saying things like, well, you know, growth doesn't pay for itself. That's why we have to pass tax hikes. And of course, everyone else on the, on the fiscally responsible side was saying, well, of course, growth pays for itself. People pay income taxes, people pay property taxes. What are you talking about? New tax revenue comes in as we grow. So it gets back to these older fights, but Sandoval is proof. You can experience uh, economic growth, uh, job growth, and residential growth. And as as we know from Mr. Uh, Aragon, uh, retail follows rooftops. Uh, you can experience that gr- growth without sending your spending sky high. Congratulations, Sandoval. Congratulations, San Juan. Uh, meanwhile, what the heck's going on down there in Eddy County? Uh, we need to take a little closer look at that. Yep, there's certainly that, by the way. Happy birthday to uh, Willie Mays, the Say Hey Kid. 91 today, played over at... Uh... I guess uh, here in Albuquerque, uh, back in the day, had an amazing catch uh, from Richard Shelby, 88, rode an elevator with him. Singer, songwriter, musician, Bob Seeger, Night Moves, 77 today. Tom Bergeron, 67. You might know him uh, from uh, the uh, <clears throat> World's Funniest Home videos. Uh, he yeah. did that for how many years? And then, Dancing uh, with the Stars. Yeah. We have, we have uh, George Clooney. There it is. Left Wing Moron. 61, uh, Dowd uh, hates him as do I, but, uh, there he is. Uh, instead of covering everything, uh, uh, Dowd, uh, it, I almost want to jump into our top five, but we'll wait until the, the very end. Uh, let's clean up uh, what's left uh, from the clippings of the week, shall we, here on the uh, final edition. Report shows Governor Lujan Grisham now among the least popular governors. Didn't get to this uh, earlier in the week. A new report from Morning Consult. Uh, we, of course, talked about this last week just a little bit. Reveals that Michelle Lujan Grisham has the worst job job approval rating among the nation's governors. 
Only 48% of those surveyed approve of her job performance heading into the November general election. It's no surprise. Luhan Grisham's radical policies have destroyed our state, according to our PNM, and closed 40% of our business, cost New Mexicans thousands of jobs, and kept New Mexico at the bottom of education and economic opportunity. Dowd, one thing, I, I do want to actually know the, the, the real number that, that, that actually closed of restaurants and whether or not 40% of businesses truly closed. Because if we're going to be tossing those numbers around, you've got to be dead on. You don't want to miss. Yep, so yep. Uh, coming into the general election, hopefully you're with me on that. I would imagine that, that, that you were. Well, I did see this morning, it's funny talking about restaurants, uh, a form printout at my, my uh, sandwich shop on Fridays from the New Mexico Restaurant Association with a logo at the bottom saying, please bear with us. We just can't find enough people to work. Uh, that problem that. is persisting, you know, I yeah. mean, and you know, and you know what I, and I, cause I know the family pretty well. Um, they're not an advertiser, so they don't get a free plug, but I do know the family and they're nice people. I said, well, what, what, you know, what is it druggies or, and they said people interviewing and then not showing up the next day, which is mm. you go do the interview, you're enthusiastic and then you're supposed to show up the following morning and you're not there. I, okay. The quit culture is out there. Uh, ladies How can you quit before you start the job? Yeah, That's my uh, question. Uh, the quit culture is out there, but you heard that at the top of the news. Uh, 37, 000, uh, 37 million people uh, prone to go ahead and quit this year, which I think is is uh, is something, especially in an economy such as this. But uh, with the inflation <laughs> heating up the way that it is and uh, uh, companies needing to shed jobs, there uh, that it goes. I have a couple of things. Uh, I will get to a Kentucky Derby uh, preview. But uh, there's a lot of people who are working or demanding to work from home. That might be not a good thing for you, ladies and gentlemen, because there's new rules for workplace spying. This from The Economist. As workers shifted from offices to homes during the pandemic, employers became addicted to spying on them. Did you know you were at home and being tracked on your computers? The demand for monitoring software rocketed, granting employers the ability to track keystrokes, access microphones, record video of screens and snap photos through webcams. Although many workers have returned to the office, many jobs have gone hybrid. The monitoring tools have remained. Politicians are now paying attention to a new law in New York. From Saturdays, employers in the state's jurisdiction will be required to inform staff when their telephones, email, or internet access is being electronically monitored. The Empire State will join Connecticut, Delaware, and prohibiting such monitoring without disclosure, a practice broadly permitted under federal law. That's right. Your employers can spy on you if you are tied into their network, particularly in the VPN, it's like you're there. New Yorkers can revert to the pandemic dress code of pajamas and sweatpants without fear of being unknowingly detected, but other people throughout the rest of the country, uh, it's going to be no such luck. Uh, Dowd, I know that you probably have some uh, feedback uh, on that almost immediately, um, <laughs> but a lot of wow. people are trying to make hybrid work a success. Yep, yep, yep. Get your asses to work, okay? Because let me tell you, uh, the state of New Mexico, if you're a state of New Mexico, city of Albuquerque employee, you're being spied upon uh, at home. Make no mistake about it. So uh, for those of you who might like the convenience and all that stuff, they know you're watching Netflix. They know you're hanging out at home. Executives have been keener to get people back into the office full time so that employees can bond with peers. However, they don't mind them at home. Why? Because they could go ahead and check in on their work progress and are monitoring them as if they would monitor a productivity of a computer. Hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, thoughts, questions? The, the governor anything? signed it. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, takes effect tomorrow. Let's see. Notice of its electronic monitoring upon hiring 
and more generally in a conspicuous place viewable by all employees. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for They're the for minimum, minimum, I'm for the yeah. minimal, minimal amount of government regulation. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very skeptical of, of regulations that regulate employer employee interactions, Eddie. I mean, if this is something you care about as an employee, then ask your potential employer about it. Yep. I mean, I, I you know, but I'm more of a hands-off guy. They may not have to disclose that to you. Uh, most federal law permits it, so they don't even have to disclose that uh, that to you. Ah, uh, okay. By the way, the cost to move a container from China to the west coast of the U.S. has actually doubled in the last year. That's right. It's twice the price of a year ago. Generally speaking, it cost about $6,400. As of today, it cost $12,600 to move a container from China here to the United States. So expect your cost to continue to increase when it comes to Amazon, uh, not to mention the delays in the time, so expect Amazon for uh, for them to start uh, taking huge inventory and for you only getting what you, uh, excuse me, not getting what you've ordered, but uh, getting what they have available and when they have it available. That's going to become more and more of the norm going forward. Uh, let's see, new unemployment claims rose to 200,000 last week. Western parts are, are, uh, are excuse me, Western parts of the of the country uh, actually taking on a bit more employees instead of the eastern parts of the country. So much of the hiring being done in the western United States. So uh, recession hitting other parts of the country before it hits um, other parts of the country. I guess. All right, uh, nineteen. I promise this. I didn't. I got texted. Who are the people who are backing Elon Musk? Doubt. Here it is. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's not doing it himself. He only no, has he's not. No, he's not. He only has seven point two billion of his own money invested in this deal. Okay, not not a, not a not a heck of a lot. He's only one sixth the partner. The rest is all finance. He's got um, Binance has a half a billion. Brookfield two hundred fifty million. Fidelity Management uh, three hundred sixteen million. You got thirty million from key wealth investors. AM Management Company another twenty five million. $400 million from AH Capital. I mean, everybody getting in on this, Dowd. Uh, Larry Ellison in for a billion bucks on this. There it is. And Mr. Oracle Google himself. Cutter Holdings uh, in for a cool $400 million. Strauss Capital in for $150. Sequoia Capital, $800 million. Uh, Buy Capital, $700 million. And Whitcoff Capital, $100 million for a total of 35 million shares. Uh, that is correct, folks. Uh, also, uh, HRH Prince Alawid bin Talal bin Abdulaziz Al Sawad Kingdom as in for another 40 million shares itself uh, in on this. Dow, did you ever happen to see that uh, the what was it the Infidel or what was the name of the the movie? Oh, uh, Khashoggi. Uh, this yeah. weekend, I'm finally going to rent it. This yeah. week, I had to do Spider Man last weekend, but I'm getting okay. into it this weekend. <laughs> priorities, priorities. That's right. Glad they. Uh, the kids were were, were in uh, long for that ride. I'll give the Kentucky uh, Derby preview for those losing your ass on the uh, market here. Um, I think yesterday we did a pretty uh, able job of covering why radio is working and why more and more people are jumping into radio. So that's important. Uh, U.S. Interior Secretary Deborah Holland wants to do more than just bandage a cri- put a bandage on the crisis. She says has been decades in the making, according to this. She announced yesterday that members of a commission that will craft recommendations on how the federal government can better tackle unsolved cases in which Native Americans and Alaska Natives have gone missing or have been killed. She blamed the disproportionately high number of such cases on a lack of urgency coordination. Commission, she should blame it on tribal leaders who 
literally don't permit uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation and other investigators to look into all of this. <laughs> they stuff. might play some role. Yeah, some she small. Did not, did not say that. Uh, by the way, the average mortgage rate rose to an all-time high in the last, uh, what, 15 years? 30-year fixed home rate loan jumped, spiked to 5.27%. Were we talking like 2%? I don't know, a couple months ago. Pretty sure we were. There it is. Uh, the benchmark is going to go to about 3.5%, which will push rates uh, north of 7%, by the way. So we're back to 2001 all over again. There we are. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, codifying row. Uh, somebody was asking me about that. What does it mean? Well, <clears throat> it means that they are going to stack the courts and they'll use Congress to essentially do it. It's an elusive answer. According to Liberty Nation, the Supreme Court ruled on whether a specific abortion restriction was constitutional. So a strict interpretation might mean a law saying something along the lines of, the decision reached in Roe v. Wade is correct. In reality, it seems to be another Russian collusion or assault rifle kind of thing. That is, it actually isn't real, but the left will certainly try to legislate it into being. And that's exactly the word legislate. For the Democrats pushing it, it means declaring abortion essential health care. That's all they have to do. Abortion is health care. Yep. Allowing any health care provider to perform an abortion, including through telehealth, folks. By allowing the prescription of pregnancy and any medication over the phone without any prior testing, so long as it's pre-viability. Abortions, uh, by the way, that's open for interpretation, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Abortions would also be safeguarded in any pregnancy, even post-viability, that could be deemed a threat to the mother's health. Went so far that the self-declared pro-choice Republicans, even Murkowski and Collins of Alaska and Maine, both rejected and introduced their own bill, the Reproductive Choice Act. So that's how radical it is. And uh, they want to codify it uh, through legislation now. Yep. There it is. Uh, your, your right to murder an unborn child guaranteed in federal statute. The Supreme Court's hunt for the leak has no roadmap as of uh, this writing. Uh, the support Supreme Court will likely not be able to make a, an absolute determination, so thereby we will not be able to determine who actually leaked it. They will keep the focus, of course, on Roe v. Wade and the overturning of that. All right. So both parties apparently are making uh, bets on the power of the abortion issue during the midterm elections. Republicans and Democrats going forward control of both chambers of Congress after November's elections could be determined by which party's political calculus on the matter proves right. So they are now making Roe v. Wade. In 2022, when the economy is going to crap, uh, the central issue going forward. Uh, China services sector is in the doldrums uh, as COVID lockdowns continue to shut everything down in China. People are rioting in China right now. I'm not sure if you've seen any of this. Uh, This is uh, pretty incredible. And uh, this coming on the heels of uh, the WHO, uh, quoting that 15 million people have died from causes related to COVID-19. The estimate uh, is close to three times that number officially recorded by countries. Hardest hit was 4.7 million casualties by the end of the year in India, particularly in New Delhi. Russia had the next highest total with 1.1 million COVID-related deaths, followed by Indonesia and the U.S. at more than 930,000 deaths. So... There you go. And uh, let's see. Can you get COVID twice? I know we uh, tried to address that yesterday. Did you know the uh, the chances of that doubt? It's kind of interesting. Slender. Yeah. Data from the UK government found that reinfections were 10 times higher during the recent Omicron outbreak compared with the earlier Delta outbreak between May and December. People who were unvaccinated, younger, and lived in areas 
described as more deprived were more likely to be reinfected between July 20 and March 22. Reinfections appear to be mild and otherwise healthy people, doctors say, but some reinfections are serious and it's not clear what the risk of long COVID might be. People who had a milder first infection with lower viral load were at higher risk of being reinfected. So what do we have? Well, according to this, <laughs> there's also preliminary evidence that reinfections with the same variant can occur. So even if you're vaccinated against it, and we're going to get to why uh, that is. A study has, hasn't been pre-reviewed yet, but they did found that reinfection of different subvariants of Omicron are rare, but do take place. Among 187 reinfection cases, 47 were people infected with another form of the COVID. And then another variant, uh, 20 to 60 days later, researchers found were also infected. The majority of people were young, unvaccinated, and had mild symptoms. So I'm going to cut to something from earlier in the day that I received that was literally earth-shattering. <clears throat> Let me get to, to this. Where did, where did it go, Dowd? Where did it go? Somebody else, I think he texted me once again. I'll find that and we'll go back to that. And let's see if I have anything else. Oh, the DeSantis tracker. There's a, something called DeSantisDaily.com. A couple of articles. <laughs> uh, love this one. One on Disney. Uh, DeSantis slammed Disney for its ugly betrayal of every American. Talking about how he is uh, winning that fight. And then, of course, he has a $105 million take on his latest uh, uh, money grab, uh, if you will. And then, let's see where we have here. There we are. Ron DeSantis made a big promise that had Democrats losing their mind. You're going to have constitutional carry in the state of Florida, which means you no longer need to go ahead and uh, get your concealed carry permit. Constitutional carry will be made law in Florida uh, by the end of this year. So that's all the good news, uh, Dowd. I'll find that other piece uh, for that, uh, and then I'll get to our Kentucky Derby preview to sort of finish things off. What, what do you got left? Uh, you know, just a couple of interesting things from uh, the Daily Blast today that uh, folks might want to uh, look for. What was my own most interesting one? Uh, of course, the Republican Party celebrated uh, Cinco de Mayo uh, yesterday. Uh, the clean car rule. Uh, we adopted California's uh, so-called clean car regulations, folks. Uh, I'm going to have some more uh, deep dives uh, coming uh, coming in the weeks to come on that. Uh, Representative Legere Fernandez is demanding that the Forest Service answer for the prescribed burn uh, that led to the uh, problems oh, wow. we've been having. So that? that's uh, that, that's just uh, that's maybe just, not uh, a smart a political move. Uh, and then one piece that was I sometimes I just put things in just to needle needle Eddie a little bit. Uh, new research at UNM shows that the cannabis flower is effective for treating fatigue. Um, oh my god! It's, it's another wonderful outgrowth of I think the marijuana industry that's going to rocket New Mexico into socioeconomic health. <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. I guess we're going to finish the week on a low note. Pfizer's new 80,000-page data dump is a nightmare. You probably didn't know that Pfizer dumped 80,000 pages of documents this week. That's because American corporate media refused to cover it, and that's because almost all of them took money from the Biden regime to promote the experimental vaccines that kill any critical coverage of them. It turns out that Pfizer's COVID vaccine was not 95% effective, the data shows that it has a 12% efficacy rate. 
Let me repeat, 12%. That's one followed by a two. But it gets worse. There were no human clinical trials to determine if the experimental COVID vaccines were safe for pregnant women. They were excluded from all the trials. None, zero, zilch, nada, zero. Instead, they tested it on 44 rats. Pfizer deliberately cut off the clinical data trial before the bad news could be collected. We already know that Pfizer's vaccine RNA is reverse transcribing itself into your DNA. We already know that the vaccines increase the risk of getting COVID in children. The CDC intentionally withheld clinical data from the public and Moderna gene sequence patented in 2017 was found in the COVID virus spike protein itself. Pregnant women in the U.S. military who were coerced into taking the jab have suffered horrific side effects and congenital malformations in their babies. There are more than 18,900 babies born with abnormalities in 2021 alone. We know this because a few brave whistleblowers got their hands on the Department of Defense's medical database. More than 18,900 babies. Just think about that for a moment. 18,900 babies. There's much more news to come out about COVID vaccines. All of it's bad. For example, doctors in the world are starting to notice an explosion in the cancer rates among the vaccinated. Like I said, lots of doctors are noticing that cancers are increasing dramatically. Here's a chart with the data pulled from the VAERS that will make your heart sink. Cancers reported for VAERS for the past six years, now over 10,000 in 2021. Let me finish with this thought. Perhaps it wasn't a good idea to reprogram the DNA of the half of the world that produces spike protein to fight a virus with a 99% viral rate. Survival rate, excuse me. There you go. All right, Dowd. Uh, I'm sure that put a nice smile on your face. Yeah, I, I'm glad you got it out there. I'm going to have it li- a link in the show notes tonight. It's from a, a fellow Substacker, I guess, Eddie. So uh, you know, we've got some great people on Substack. So I would, uh, my, you know, we need to examine everyone. But my automatic default for people on Substack is respect, given that we're all on Sub Substack because we want to exercise our free speech, which you're not really allowed to do on a lot of other platforms. So uh, I'll have that in the show link, uh, the show notes this evening, Eddie. And uh, to wrap up the top five. There uh, it is. Here we go. The Federalist, uh, most clicked item. And Eddie, I kind of thought this one would be uh, a little, uh, it would be it would be very popular. Rachel Levine, our, our U.S. Public Health Service Director. Uh, great, great uh, piece about why she's trying to federalize an attack on the states that are trying to protect their uh, parents and children from the trans nonsense. And this is, again, you're paying for this at the federal level. What a horrible person. Uh, number two, Eddie brought this to my attention yesterday, the uh, Gina McCarthy, the, the, the environmental goon. We got 100 new rules just this year alone on appliances, uh, making your cost of living higher for no benefit. Uh, number three, and we're, we got to get to this before the primary, Eddie, the Democrats running for AG apparently are getting very nasty. Colon and uh, Raul do do not like each other uh, at all. Uh, Number four, and I think this is ironically, our people clicked on the uh, Republican Party uh, taking note of Cinco uh, de Mayo. And number five, a great piece, and and I keep pushing these out on a daily basis, which is why you've got to subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, A divided America should avoid war in the Ukraine. A great, great piece by a scholar whose son died in Iraq in another failed war, uh, trying to uh, explain why we should not get involved in yet another quagmire. That's right. Dad, great job this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for subscribing at rockoftalk.chat. And uh, thanks, as always, for all your attention to all of our programs. We know you have many choices on the dial, but we're glad that you decided to spend some time with us here this evening and whenever you choose to do so. And as always, you can download everything that you need at rockoftalk.com. Back on this day in 72, this great song was released. 
by the great Elton John. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you bright and early, 4 p.m. Monday afternoon, right here in the Kiva for The Rock of Talk. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time Till brings me round and get to find I'm the man they think I am at home Oh, no, no, no